I'm sorry. I will not. I will not hear these effing Targaryens in a scene where Otto Hightower exists. Okay. I was like literally okay. alone in a room, yelling at my TV. Cyrax, eat him. Eat him now. You, know, you, you can't see That's that Otto's right. Otto is right. Otto is absolutely right. Okay. No, but. Auto oh, in- okay, green stand being. Is- there we go. There we go. Oh, I'm very hat. sympathetic to the greens that will never extend to Otto. Look, they didn't eat him, didn't he? Didn't they? They could have, but that's the thing. These ga- these rules of engagement, they're important. Remember what Otto says: legitimacy. Listing down the list of things that is legitimate about their usurpation of the, the throne. Yeah, these he needed rules me. of engagement. That's because what that's what Aegon they- needs in the end: a, a list of things to be legitimate. everyone and welcome back to Vassals of Kingsgrave for episode 10, season 1, House of the Dragon, the season finale. Uh, we've just watched the episode and we're going to be discussing it uh, probably a little late though since uh, people I guess have been discussing it for the last couple of days. <laughs> um, Thanks to some uh, shocking incompetence at HBO's right. affiliates. <laughs> something, uh, something is afoot once again with HBO self-spoiling. Uh, Rolling in fun. like Luke at Storm's End. <laughs> oh, so spoilers, by the way. Um, we will be discussing spoilers for all of House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones and anything to do with George R. R. Martin. If he wrote something about his turtles, we might spoil that too. So uh, just saying. All right, <laughs> moving on. And football. Uh, let's not get started with sports today. It's been a, it's been a rough day. Um, so my name is Adam, also known as Drown Snow on the forums and the discord and you know i don't know wherever you can find me uh, today i am joined by a crew of dragons and uh mostly dragons anyway we're not sure if they're blacks or greens or golds or i don't know quartzite i don't know uh we're gonna find out but let's uh let's introduce them here and get to hear their thoughts on the episode let's start with you bing what did you think oh, me again um I'm, first of all, again, as always, I proclaim neither side. I am always a supporter of Lord True Fire. We'll see who that is later on. Um, now, this episode is awesome. I think um, the there is that weird Damon thing, but I'll I, I Damon as a character continues to sort of confound me throughout this series and mm-hmm. we'll see what the payoff for that specific the, the two scene two scene that he was uh, central in in this episode we'll see where that goes because it stood out weirdly um i'll give so i think the episode is probably still a five out of five alone maybe 4.75 depending on how you see it with the demon stuff uh, otherwise the luke stuff very very compelling um mm-hmm. And I actually like the, the the small change they made with uh, Aemond uh, in that scene, which we can we can talk about. Others uh, may disagree, and I really appreciate actually what they did with Rhaenys and Corlys. Well, more Rhaenys than Corlys this episode. All right, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I have thoughts. Um, Casey, what did you think? Hey, so um, this is Casey, blue-eyed queen on the internet. Um, I give this, you know, another five out of five. This was great. Um, 
I'm excited for the next season and kind of can't wait for the next season. So they better get on with it. I hope it's not, <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering now, like how long it's going to take for the next season. Um, but uh, yeah, everything about it was awesome. The last scene with, um, with Luke um, dying was pretty sad, um, but interesting. Um, kind of wondering, uh, I guess like the only, <laughs> the only other thing is like what, who, how did they find out that Luke died? Did somebody like find him like floating in the ocean or like? Greg, they they have the whole of the Galarian fleet. Come on, guys. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I will say, some someone found him pretty quick, or maybe Eamon was like, "Send a Raven. This is where he's at." Um, I think like the corpse of the dragon washes up. Yeah, it just because it cuts so because it cuts so quickly. It feels like they got the news like a minute later, but you know, I mean, who knows? So. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for um, Metal Rhaenyra to kind of take on the rest of the war now. I, I think with I think it made sense for her to kind of be like the "let's wait a minute" type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And you know, I, I think that this is going to be interesting going forward. I'm I'm excited. All right, awesome. Thank you, Casey. Uh, yeah, it was it was big finish. Um, so, <laughs> what uh, what did you think, David? You're uh, joining us hey. on Dragoncast for the first time, so maybe right. Uh, introduce yourself to anyone who hasn't you know <laughs> has isn't familiar yeah. at this time right. point. So I'm David HHH on the Discord forums and wherever else. Um, I previously was a kraken and then a wolf, and I'm filling in tonight as a dragon so I can get my uh, Vok Egot, <laughs> which I think only a few of us have at this point where I've done all the all the the show casts. And in any case, um, I thought I'm going to give it a four and a half. A four for the first three quarters of the episode. It was all good, but not a lot happened so it was still good though and compelling television and i do like where they're going with with renera but for the last 15 minutes gives a solid like six so i'm giving it a four and a half that was a great great end of the episode and, and we finally got some dragon action <laughs> all right yeah four and a half that's pretty good uh well i mean we've gotten some like you know kind of tease dragon action uh but our first bit of dragon on dragon yeah yeah. All right. Um, so, Katie, what did you think? I'll give it a five out of five. I spoiled myself uh, on some of the more controversial scenes before the episode came out. I am kind of angry now at how how I let the, I guess, the online fervor kind of get into my head. I was really worried about this episode before I went in. Like, I was kind of having to talk myself into like a bargaining stage of grief where I was like, no, it's, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, But watching this episode, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was very patiently paced. I, I believe I I thought that birthing scene, Emma Darcy did an amazing job. Um, Yeah. I just, I thought it was great. And I thought the dragon chase was phenomenal it was very thrilling to watch it was a good finale to the season and it makes me very excited for next season which we're not going to get for a very long time (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, Stephanie, what'd you think? Uh, I'd give it a 4.5 out of 5. You know, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about the dragon chase scene. Uh, but, uh, you know, like, I was waiting the entire episode for Rhaenyra to deliver the line of, you know, like, they stole my crown and murdered my daughter, and now they will answer for that. So I was kind of watching the episode, waiting in anticipation for that. But, you know, I, you know, that last look from Emma Darcy said it all. So, yeah, I'm satisfied. All right, Michal, what did you think? Um, you know, still processing. Um, I think it had some finaleitis in that, like, a lot of stuff happened, and it it wasn't as necessarily elegantly constructed as I feel like some of the other episodes were. Um, so I'd probably stick it at like a like like if there's a line on a measuring cup under three or four, yeah, like between three and four, it's like just under four. Um, and that's that's as scientific as I can get it. Um, but. Yeah, no, I thought I thought overall it was really good. I, I did really like the first part. I thought that, you know, I feel like a lot of the time we uh, we interpret actors like screaming and crying in pain as like good acting automatically. But I really thought that Emma Darcy did an astonishing job when uh, in the birth scene, especially in like the actual moment of the baby's birth. Um, and then watching Rhaenyra like, you know, wrap the baby up herself and have have that moment with the baby and yeah it was it was, that was i got genuinely really emotional watching that um i i, I don't love all of the valarian stuff they kind of like they, they seem very like wavery to me it's like their their opinions change based on kind of what the tension needs to be in the episode so i don't like I didn't love that, especially Rainey's. Like, I didn't get why she she was kind of refraining from choosing a side, but then she was like, actually, I've chosen a side, husband, and this is it, and this is where we're going. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the ending scene was really sad. Yeah, like, Rhaenyra turning around. Like, that That was like, oh, shit. Like, we're about to see, like, like exactly what, who Rhaenyra is when you scour away, you know, her 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 id i guess yeah it, it was it was wonderful it was a quieter end than i anticipated but i don't know i i think it was it was a, a solid cap to the season not my favorite episode but definitely um something that i think we're probably the problems with it will probably fade over the you know year and a half that we have and like by the time we watch <laughs> two years you know, three season years two episode one we'll be like oh cool like whatever yeah I, I agree i think um it it was not the beat that i expected to like cut to black on uh i also until you know the last couple episodes wasn't really expecting them to do luke this season uh but it, it was definitely a good uh good way to end the season on it and i do we'll talk about it when we get to the scene but i did think the the valerian stuff was weird too and i guess in my head the only way to kind of rationalize it is that 
like I think she said earlier, it's like it's not up. It's not my choice. Like she's like waiting basically for her husband. So like when she doesn't kneel, when she kind of refuses to kind of commit, she's like, well, that's Lord Valerian's uh, call. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, what did you think, Ben? Hey, y'all. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I was also sent the leak and told some things and I didn't watch it. I waited till today to watch it because I, I don't know, I wanted to do it with other people that I generally did it with. Yeah. I stayed strong. Um, yeah, you stream the episode every week, right? You kind of guys have like a yeah. live watch. We, we have a live watch where we all watch it and mooch off of HBO in a way that is probably bad, but I don't really care. Um, anyway, episode's good. Uh, I would probably give it a five out of five the best Game of Thrones related finale we've had in a long while. I don't know, like uh, four or so seasons, I would say. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed it. I think I think all the stuff with specifically Luke, I think Luke his actor put a lot of work in this episode. And I mean, I know they're making up for a lot of time in that we're, they're not able to give him a lot of time beforehand. Um, but with that time, he put in the work, uh, and it showed. Um, I was very sad when he died. Uh, otherwise, um, I was happy to see the uh, nuclear smokestack that is Storm's End. And um, I I like the Damon stuff. I, I have a lot of thoughts on it, and we'll go into it when we get there. But uh, I I my general take is that we're seeing... Episodes one through three, Damon bleed into himself more. A person that like is letting all the bad, uh, toxic things that they've started to work through back into themselves when dealing with grief. Uh, that's my general take, and that's very, very fast. I know for this, uh, this episode coming out right now, but that's kind of what I got out of it. Uh, but yeah, good episode. Five out of five. You're here, five out of five. Excellent. Uh, wh- what do you think, Matt? <laughs> Y'all already know. <laughs> it's a goddamn five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> um, the to be fair, the yeah, the beginning of the episode is a little chaotic, um, but but pretty much you know from the the stillbirth and then the the crowning um, onward, it's just fucking phenomenal. Um, and just a, a real, you know, another real standout performance by, by Emma. Um, you know, the storm's end, we finally like see it in all its glory. It looks fantastic that the painted table is fucking dope. Um, and Rhaenyra's theme, like by, by Ramin has, has been my, by far my favorite. Um, piece of the the score throughout the the first season. Um, so to kind of get that <laughs> conclusion of it in, in in full force and the turnaround of 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 Rhaenyra, a, a real Targaryen, was just fantastic. No complaints. All right, awesome. Um, I am. 
kind of loathe to give this episode a rating, uh, given given that it's you know kind of how it punctuates. Um, I do think I agree with what Ben said that this is probably one of the best finales of a season we've had in a good while. And with Game of Thrones, a lot of times the best episode was episode nine anyway, or like the second to last episode of any season. So I think that's not the case here, obviously. But I don't know that like they did everything that I kind of wanted to do. I didn't hate anything. I do think the choice to kind of soften Eamon is kind of, it kind of works and it also kind of is off-putting at the same time. I'm not sure how I feel, but I do like the whole thing where they couldn't control their dragons and that's kind of part of that. So um, I don't know. I'll give it like a four, a 4.5. I think it was, it was a really solid episode. Like the entire last sequence was exhilarating, um, especially as soon as they got above the clouds, I was like, oh. It was it was just it was beautiful, uh, <laughs> and then it was super tragic. So uh, we also know that uh, Lord Grover is 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 fickle, and uh, just a lot of things happened. So <laughs> let's let's dive into it. So the the first scene here, as uh, as we mentioned, we get the Dragonstone, the painted table, um, with Lucerys just kind of hanging out. And if anyone doubts that he's got Targaryen blood. He don't want it. He doesn't want Driftmark. So um, he doesn't think he's worthy. He's not into it. Various things. Uh, and then uh, Sir Laurent lets them know that Rhaenys has arrived on Dragonback. And then uh, it's time for labor. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, once, once she gets the news of what's happened in King's Landing, and while she goes off to labor, Damon starts his planning. And Jace kind of comes and interrupts the council there. So what did you guys think? Is this about what, this about what we figured would happen after last week? Rainey's was going to drop down and say, hey, they've taken the throne. Uh, the labor, I think, kind of went pretty quickly. But it really affecting, like, just a, as a portrayal of shock and, and, like, the sudden onset of grief. I thought that was really... Yeah, really, really effective and kind of put me in a a really emotional, like, it primed me emotionally. Well, first of all, I mean, because they were just blatantly emotionally, emotionally manipulating us with, like, look at pure sweet Luke. <laughs> um, but then, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought Rhaenyra and Damon's reactions to the news were both really fascinating. And um, there are people talking in my background, so I will mute at the moment. <laughs> Him standing at the table while she's screaming his name is <laughs> very tough to watch, um, but also just it completely makes sense with his character in that he, like, this is how he reacts. He, like, he, like, the way that he's going to deal with the situation is by preparing for war, and also he just does not, like, he's not emotionally capable of, like, attending to his wife who is mm. going through a difficult labor and may die from it. Um, but yeah, like. It was it was just a very affecting scene to watch, and I was like, "Oh man, are they going to show the? Is the dragon baby going to have like a tail or or wings?" And unfortunately, they they did not show us its dragon esque features, so that was a bit of a, a bummer. But otherwise, it was yeah. We uh, were all waiting for that. <laughs> it's like, what's it going to be? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was very graphic. Um, yeah, I the, baby, feel like... the baby coming out was. I was I was not expecting to see that much for that long. Right. It was very tragic and very graphic. It looked a little bit monstrous, I think. I think they, they, they didn't commit to full-scale dragon. 
baby, but look a little bit off. I don't know. Most babies, when they come out, look kind of monstrous. <laughs> I mean, that's I've true. seen a lot of newborns, and you're like, it's an alien. Um, I didn't think like, look at it. A minute it. later, it's fine. But it's, I did like how, like, she portrayed, like, her desperation to, like, just be done with it. That she was just, like, kind of, like, as soon as the head, you know, came out, it looked like she was trying to pull the baby through and, like, like to just, like, yank it out mm-hmm. instead of, uh, you know, just, like, uh, like, letting it come more gracefully. I mean, she realized it was mm-hmm. dead, right? She well, realized yeah, that the but, baby like, wasn't also... Gonna, so she just was like, get it out. It was Right, it but was if you brutal. yank... Right, but like yanking like all that out, you know, like that's that like I've never given birth or anything, but that doesn't seem like a very wise thing to do. <laughs> medically Probably speaking. Probably uh and not. also I did like how she just like screamed bloody murder at the macer and didn't let him near her. And also uh just like her like agi- like how like you know, like paranoid and how she's not letting even the midwives touch her. You know, it's just like a harbinger of like her later paranoid state that's just going to be her downfall later. I didn't take that as paranoia. I took that as her being grief stricken. I think she doesn't even want people like near her that aren't maybe her sons or Damon right now. I think I think she genuinely is so stuck in grief and, you know, childbirth at the same time that she is incapable of of dealing with anything in the situation you know level-headedly which i mean hey understandable no it is kind of like a stress like i'll do this all by myself and then like damn whoever else or whoever don't you think part of it is from the way her mother died and um just kind of passed i i mean they they mentioned that she's given birth five times before and so it's not like she's new to this but like when things kind of go wrong it doesn't She's seen that uh, it doesn't always go well uh, for the women, so that's certainly that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I think she would. I I might agree if she'd like let the midwives near her, but like the idea that she wouldn't even let them near her is kind of like right. I mean, they've they've some of these women have coached her through all of them. I I, yeah. I have to think there's a level of like trust and like genuine love probably there, like on a on a you know. Uh, I don't know. I, friend I think level. It's, I think they're just trying to to get across that this is a very difficult and traumatic birth, and it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be this bad. Like childbirth is bad, but there's something wrong. Um, yeah. And also, I think as someone who's been like in an excruciating amount of pain, sometimes you just don't want people to touch you. <laughs> mm. You can't deal with it. Overstimulation. You'd rather inflict the pain yourself because you, you you can kind of control it at that point. Yeah. I think it was it was telling though that like I mean just a tiny detail but you know like she mentions to to Viserys like right after she after she gives birth to Joffrey that she she thinks she called the midwife the c word and like obviously she has some kind of bond with these women and like the fact that they know that it's going wrong and the fact that they all start crying when the baby comes out like I, it was it was really deeply visceral I felt from like every angle and also just different than I, f- I feel like birth is usually portrayed like I, I too have never given birth but like I feel like the the stages of it and like the process of like the physical baby leaving the body was really yeah it, it, it felt it felt like mm. 
you know, not not just that the baby was dead, but it felt like kind of the second loss that Rhaenyra was about to to experience. Meanwhile, I was like, oh, they just need to like move it around a little bit. It'll be fine. Like, <laughs> just, just do the maneuver. Just, just flip it. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I I remember her giving birth, but I didn't realize it was a stillbirth, or it might have been Aegon in the book. I don't remember. Um, yeah, it's it's those three, and then Aegon, Aegon and the series um, for the for Damon's kids. Um, but yeah, no, this was it was gruesome to watch. I was I I know that there's going to be like a bajillion thought pieces about like comparing this to episode one um, and the four C section. So I'm just going to say up front that this was more okay for me than the uh, <laughs> four C section. Um, you know, it was awful, but right. It, it was, didn't, it, you know, to me, it, it didn't feel like as mutilating, I guess. How much of the baby did we see in the first episode? I don't, I don't know. I feel like we got a longer, shot here um yeah i don't, I don't know. know i i don't it, it was all very gruesome yeah no it, it's all all of it's awful but yeah i will uh, say yeah, like I mean, the amount of childbirth we have had in this season of this show is like wow think if you think about it like comparing it to god and any one season or any two seasons i think it i think it falls kind of flat in the amount of childbirth alone we've had which makes sense because they're pretty big families but still kind of weird to think about but i think it's a good highlight for the show i mean yeah the the childbirth has been used especially with the passage of time so uh they've allowed that to happen but there's yeah there's been a lot of time dedicated to pregnancies and births and it's you know, it's it's important. I mean, that's kind of well. Yeah, yeah it's, no, it's, it's showing how still. it's showing how women can be hindered from leading in this sense. You know, like that's the main reason that people right. Yeah, give he or she's when, sidelined. Like, right, they're saying that yeah. men can lead better than women, and like, and that's a prime example. Rhaenyra was not able because she was having, uh, she was having her child, like, um, and stuff like that. So that I guess that kind of leads into the whole uh Damon's plotting. Um he took charge so quickly there. How did we uh, how did we feel about like when Jace comes and he just says, "Hey, you know, the queen the queen basically says, uh ain't nothing going down." And he's like, "Yes, keep sending the ravens. Um yeah. you know, come with me. We're about to go threaten some king's guard." Well, to be fair, he does basically like you can send the ravens, but there's nothing else that's going to happen. You're not going to River Run right now, and he does actually not go for it. To be fair to him, um, yeah, I don't know. I liked I liked the the friction between Jason and, and Damon here, in yeah. you know sh- showing that like Jace is not going to like back down right off the bat from Damon, who is. Fairly terrifying as a person, in my opinion. On the other <laughs> hand, he doesn't actually do anything. Yeah, I think <laughs> he, you know, like says, he repeats himself. That's about it. Like, <laughs> well, to, to be fair, like he doesn't go to River Run. That's the thing he's saying he's going to do. Right. 
like I said, instead he's like, well, let's test the loyalty of these Kings guard with my dragon. That'll be some, some good uh, b- bonding time. From his perspective, I think from his perspective, you know, that's why he's here. Like he is here at Rhaenyra's side that's to be her champion in. in the field and to enforce her claim. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I just like the King's guard thing was a little weird. Cause you don't need dragons to, um, I don't know. You, yeah, you don't need the dragon to be like, okay, you know, pledge loyalty or burn. Uh, you could just, you know, pull out your sword or have other people or, I don't know. I, it's like putting a point on it, I guess, mostly for Jace and that scene. And who were those two? One of them was Sir Laurent Laurent. and uh, Stefan uh, Darklin. So, right, okay. And then we get later, uh, we get uh, either Eric or Eric, whichever one it was. That, question? <laughs> that, that ran That's away. Question. Yeah, yeah. Who are- who are all those people around the, 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 the table? I got the name Florent from the foot of one of the King's Guard, and I heard, I think I heard Stefan Darkland, so sure. No, whatever. no, no. no. Uh, uh, yeah. Lord Marbrand. Okay. Yeah. And then I know Bartimius has mentioned Celtigar, the, the one that will eventually die very famously in King's Landing. That will lead up again to my long running com- complaint of there's too many random people. <laughs> And this yeah, is Game of Thrones. There's going to be too many I mean, random yeah, people. I kind of love that. Like one of the things I, I hated guess? about Game of Thrones was that like they stopped having random people, so it was oh, literally yeah. just the same like five people yeah. talking to each I other about every conversation, even when they had no business knowing anything about it. I get it, but a problem going forward. So okay, so again, this is something that we'll see what happens with that. But I think going forward, the problem is some of these people actually do important things, but the only thing that we know about them is that. They sort of, they, they're sort of there for a while, and we just got used to the sight of them. But we don't actually know their character. Right, you'll get the name right before if, they die. Yeah, that's what, happened with the, that's what happened to the two, the, the twins. That they suddenly, we show, see them sort of in episode eight. Suddenly, episode nine is super important. They shouldn't be important. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it kind of annoys me that they are. Um, to, be, uh, to be fair, they could just, I mean, like, in general, they're just like, I take them as landed knights and minor nobles that like exist. Yes, and that's essentially what they yeah. are. Um, is yeah. they, they are on the screen so much, and I don't have any strong feelings about any of these people. Well, as I said last time, we need name tags. Um, I think that them wearing like house colors or sigils maybe a little bit more prominently would help so that at least you can go, oh, look, that's someone from this house or that. You know, I don't know. I think that might, that might help because we don't have time to really you know flesh them out, most of them. Uh, but you need to have these people there. Because, yeah, if Dragonstone was empty uh, and had no one from around the realm, like, yeah, what, her claim would be way worse. You're like, what's even happening? I'm not um, going to lie. I, I thought we were going to see, um, oh, God, uh, Westerling this episode. That's what I was about to say. Is the, the Lord Commander that's Westerling is still able. Yeah, see, that's a character I would be fine very much seeing in this episode. That I sort of can still sort of connect. I, I sort of know that character. I get him, sort of. I'm kind yeah. of wondering if if the idea that he will be the shepherd is a thing. There's there's a theory out there oh. that he'll be the shepherd oh. when that comes, and I'm like, really? Okay. But uh, I mean, him not showing up makes me think that it's more possible. I guess I was expecting to see him with Sir Eric, or maybe they just haven't decided how they're going to use him, and they're like, well, we got to see also. Him to figure it possible. out yeah that's yeah. also extremely possible no need to rush it and then they go crap i wish we'd done something else yeah so yeah so uh speaking of <laughs> we uh Rhaenyra bleeds at you know 
seems like she's bleeding out, pulls the baby out. Seems like she's fine. Uh, immediately afterwards, things move very quickly. Uh, and then we get the burial of the baby. And then Eric or Arik, whichever one, shows up with the crown. And, I think it's e, you know, Eric. I think it is. And then okay. everyone, I wrote Eric, question mark. But uh, everyone kneels except for Rainey's, very notably. And I think that uh, Rhaenyra is kind of staring her down, but doesn't make anything of it. I uh, like Rainey's not kneeling, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, I mean, oh, I, I think... I hated it. Really? I, I think that yeah. the, what they're going for is is trying to be that, like, well, she can't make the decision right now. Um, I don't know if yeah. I agree with that, but... I, I mean, A, I don't buy that at all, because they still don't know what state Corliss is in, really. And, like, I... I I I felt like they were just. I mean, if if the Valarians were a bit of like a weather vane, then like she was the worst part. And and I love Eve Best, and I thought she was fantastic in the previous episodes. But like she just had this little smirk on her face sometimes, and but she's like literally like busted out of King's Landing to go deliver this message to the like. Yeah, I, I feel like I think they tried to play it for suspense. suspense. Yeah, I agree with you. It didn't work. Yeah, I agree with you, Mihal. The um, it, it, Rainey's has been very, a little. Yeah, it's like I'm, you know, I'm still mulling over end of episode nine, but like, yeah, this just like I, I thought they'd already like, you know, just like done her character development in episode eight of you know her accepting Rhaenyra's offer, just because you know, yeah, Rhaenyra's kids aren't her grandkids, but Damon's kids are her grandkids, and. Damon's hard in the tank, so, you know, like, if her loyalty right, is right. to her blood, then, you know, there's no way she's... doesn't change anything, right? Right, there's no way yeah. that, like, she's... Or, like, if, you know, Damon is the father of her grandkids, you know, it was nice that Rhaenyra asked her permission for the marriage pact, but, you know, like, theoretically, she didn't need it. And the... uh you know, like it's it's good that she did because that's you know that's that's a good way to bring her into the tent. But still, you know, like I, you know, just like you know, just like watching Vimon's corpse. You know, it's just and then right, and then also it is a little odd that like she would you know after her talk with Alicent that she would wait for Corliss to come back to make a decision when you know like her entire talk with Alicent was about seizing your own power. And she's like, nah, I gotta wait for my husband to make a decision on this. You know, I'm convinced. It sucked. Yeah, it is weird. Fun, but like, you're, you're, you're a member of House Valarian and have been for a very long time. You should know when the ship has sailed. Like, yeah, you're and you're it. a fucking dragon rider. It's a counter. Um, I'm like, like, it's, it's sorry, can I just say like one thing? Yeah, like, like, I think yeah. it would have been more, more complicated if she had been like, I'm actually not thrilled that I've been pushed into this decision, mm -hmm. and I have a lot of issues with you, Rhaenyra, but, like, the chips have fallen where they have, as opposed to, like, her kind of playing coy and then being to to Corliss, like, oh no, is awesome, actually, we should totally join her side, this is totally great, like, yeah. <laughs> I just can't say it, I need you to say it. Yeah. yeah, I feel like yeah, that they're kind yeah, of. Weird. I feel like they're kind of going away with both Rhaenyra and Rhaenys, that they're on kind of the same feeling of that while they both kind of want to do this, 
they both think that war with dragons is dangerous for the realm. I mean, because remember, the last episode ended with her about to theoretically roast everyone, and then she decides, no, wait, I don't want to do this, when she looks at Alicent and says, no, maybe peace is a better solution. And I feel like that's why she doesn't want to take sides here, because she knows that war is bad for the realm and for the people of the realm, and that she's trying to do what's best for the people, which is what Renera is trying to do herself all through the episode until, you know, the end. And I think that, I think that, that, that that's one of the reasons why she eventually does decide to go for Renera is because Renera is taking that same point of view she has when she says, no, I'm going to take, I'm going to wait and like, let's see what happens. Let's, let's take this slowly and try to try to do it the most peaceful way we can. That's when she actually decides, yeah, I like her, you know, like I'm, yeah, I'm going to okay. back her because she wants what's best for the realm, not just for herself, which okay. is what I think they're going for. I, I yeah. guess maybe they wanted to save that exposition for the audience where she tells Corliss, like, hey, she's over here trying not to go nuclear. And I guess maybe they felt that's the only way that they could get that out. I don't I know. I think, no, so, so to, I'm not, not necessarily to defend the scene. And not even, I mean, really, I don't think it's to counter what Michal and, and, and Stephanie have said. Um, but more to, again, to, to walk through the logic, I think what they are trying to do is sort of, it, Rhaenyra has to win Rhaenys over to her side. And it's not necessarily, sure, Rhaenys broke away from the Greens in the last episode, but she's, that doesn't mean, she, that was just her protesting her being imprisoned in, in, against her will and being forced to take a side. This is from showing her, her, her actually from trying to make some decision. Now, I agree that there probably should be more scenes with her. I, I think there definitely should have been more scenes with Corliss to work out their decisions a little bit more. Uh, and that is that was what was lacking. Um, yeah, but dude's been gone for a long time. <laughs> well, the dude, they, they could have showed the dude a bit more. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think yeah. the, the point that like she, they still believe that she has something to do with their son's death on some yeah. level yeah, is not not, not like to be overlooked. Yeah, I that, don't that know decision. how you can like yeah. necessarily get past that in one like breaking out of a dragon pit where you've been already imprisoned beforehand and forced to witness a coronation against you your can, will. You can get past it the same way that Corliss gets past hearing Damon chopped off his brother's head very quickly. Um, to be fair, like the situation that they're told, Damon was going to die anyway. No, I know. He's like, uh, idiot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they never got along anyway, so. Yeah, Damon kind of... <laughs> Dug his own grave, honestly. Well, also, and I mean, when she yeah, presents Yeah, Carlos is a man of action, Damon just complains. Him. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute, a minute because it uh, does kind of uh, it does kind of, kind of tie into the war table here. We get the beautiful, lit up, painted table. I think, is this the first time we've seen it lit up like that? They didn't do that in Game of Thrones, did they? No. I think so. Yeah, it, no, it they looks didn't know, really They didn't great. know how the candles worked. And... No. Like, Stannis didn't know. Stannis <laughs> had sex on it. Yes. Stannis is kind of my head now. <laughs> Stannis is a famous aversion to fire, if you guys didn't know this. This is a little known <laughs> book fact for the book owners out there. Stannis is not a fan of fire. But I can see a lot of uh, woodworkers making up, you know, mock-ups of this with like I lights in them and stuff. Oh, yeah. I would. We need, this... we need it. We need it. And I know like, gaming if, table. if we put it in the bookstore, Greg said that it's going to cause injuries, but I don't care. I need it. <laughs> I have a, merch. I have a, we need the merch. I have we a must have it. Owns a painted table that they made. And uh, yeah, I think he'll probably on that, be on this. 
like uh, yeah. wanting to try and figure out a way to do this. It, yeah, it, it was beautiful. beautiful. Everything, I'm sure the uh, in the uh, you know behind the scenes thing they've been doing after every episode, maybe they'll give us a little more detail on how that worked out. Uh, so we we do hear about them accounting, you know, for the dragons and the you know what lords might be on their side. And of course, at one point they're like, "We got Melis," and then uh, uh, as we've been discussing, Rainey's is like, "Oh, you do." <laughs> and then uh, they talk about Lord Grover, how he's fickle, like all the Muppets are. And uh, Damon's like, I'm going to deal with him. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then they talk about how they need to go chat with the Starks, the Baratheons. But that gets interrupted because there's a ship flying a green three-headed dragon. Uh, and it turns out it's Otto. <laughs> so they, we, we get a redux of episode two on the bridge of Dragonstone. Uh, except this time, instead of Caraxes coming out, it's Cyrax. And, you know the queen arrives with her crown and then just kind of walks right by Otto and uh, he offers his absolutely terrible terms. Uh, it mostly just sort of like, if anyone wants to come over to our side, it's cool. Uh, the t- and, I mean, the terms uh, are pretty yeah. allowing until you get to the part where Aegon and Viserys will be hostages. essentially hostages. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could have mi- I could have missed this. I'd have to go back and rewatch it. But at one point, it was saying that like Viserys would become her heir. No, they're saying now. Jace would be the heir of Dragonstone. Luke would be the heir of Driftmark. Aegon would be his squire, and Viserys would be the cupbearer. Yeah. I could, uh, okay, I'll have to look at it again because I, I was shocked when I heard it, and I wrote it down, and maybe I just misheard. It sounded like they were saying, like, well, Viserys, little Viserys was going to be her heir. And I'm like, that doesn't make no. sense. Because then they mentioned Aegon a minute later. So they, maybe I just heard it wrong. Stefan said Viserys too similar to Viserys. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Those two names are very similar. Okay, that could, that <laughs> um, could easily be it. And there uh, might have been an invention of King Viserys in there to come. Yeah, there's too many. These, these effing Targaryens. <laughs> they can't name <laughs> the kids after others. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I will not. I will not hear these effing Targaryens in a scene where Otto Hightower exists. Okay, I was like literally <laughs> okay. alone in a room yelling at my TV. Cyrax, eat him, eat him now. You, know, you, you can't see That's that Otto's right. Otto is right. Otto is absolutely right. Okay, no, but Otto. Oh, is... Okay, green stand being. Is... There we go. Green will never not. extend to Otto. Look, they didn't eat him, didn't he? Didn't they? They could have. But that's the thing. These, these rules of engagement, they're important. Remember what Otto says, legitimacy, listing down a list of things that is legitimate about their usurpation of the, the throne. Yeah, these he needed rules to of engagement. That's because what, that's what Aegon they, needs in the end, a, a list you know of what's things to be legitimate. What's that's, interesting well, is that he didn't, put, he didn't put down there that uh, Viserys changed his will at the last minute. They didn't, didn't mention that at all. No, yeah. he, 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 he just said, look, this was the plan from word one. Look, so. He, they didn't eat him, did he? Did they? They can't eat him. Well, they, they could, no, no, they could but but R- they could. is is trying That's... not to escalate this. Damon would have. Um, Damon would foolishly. So at this point, both sides are trying to manage who draws first blood, at least publicly. F for Lord Beesbury. but um, the right because it is right. Bing, you talking about appearances, and yeah, everyone is like with the War of Ravens. They are trying to. Uh, like, you know, like, they have, right, so the Greens have 
as the first mover advantage have or as seizing the first mover advantage with the coup, they then have to deliver the peace terms to at least appear reasonable. And yep. yeah, and then the uh uh you know, it's just like, well, you know, it's like like any first offer, it's not really worth anything. But the um but then, you know, like as the blacks dipl- diplomats are so you need to appear to not go burninate everything by, you know, traveling under the peace banner. Yeah, so. Yeah. But you got to offer marriages, bro. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, all this important people have married <laughs> off. I guess what Otto could have offered is to marry the, the sons of, one of the sons of, I guess, one of the daughters of Aegon. The, the, Aegon has a daughter now. Aegon Jahara, yeah. Yeah, yeah Jahara. Mary Jahara to um, Aegon or Viserys. Aegon or Viserys. Yeah, I think yeah. It, he could have shown that off yeah, but yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so or made it. I think a thing that possibly could have done it would would be to make it a more mutual exchange. Aegon and Vis- or mutual Aegon and Viserys and Jahara maybe goes to Dragonstone as a way to like. Uh, I guess. Oh yeah, it it's more, all one way. More, yeah, it's it, it certainly is yeah. all one way. And in, in like, okay, just give us two your two youngest sons, and we'll keep them here on Dragonstone. It's not even or, just about uh, the hostages. Like, it's that like they want to, they kind of want to put the dragon advantage on lock. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So right, and then in terms of like incomes, Dragonstone is kind of shit. Right. Yeah, it's certainly not. Much in the way of one of I mean, Stannis's yeah. grievances. Yeah, yeah, that's why Stannis never shuts <laughs> up about it. I mean, even when to, it had dragons, fair, like how much income did dragons produce? Like none. Well, to be fair, right now the they she did say, actually like, they affirming, eat the sheep, so they take away the value. Affirming um, hmm. Lucerus is right, so there is that in that like Lucerus will inherit high tide. Well, yeah. So what's re- but what's really important about this thing for the audience, I think, is to set up what's going to come at the end. Because oh yeah, for yeah, sure. That, that, that's when why that's how Eamon fucked up. That he and what and how Eamon actually knows he fucked up. That, that he he broke the rules of engagement first. Yep. This is gonna be interesting. Uh, we're we're gonna get there. So before we get there, we have the other I guess controversial moment of the episode, uh, where there we go. The Song of Ice and Fire is mentioned again. And Damon says he's going to choke you out for what? What is this song of ice and fire? I've never heard of this. Dagger um, talk, ew. He, he doesn't. She doesn't even explain. Like he gets, like, I don't know. He gets mad and starts choking her out, and is like, "Well, the series, you know, his dreams has nothing to do with it." Uh, and his line about how you know the dreams, you know, didn't make the house of the Targaryen. It's the dragons. Well, it, I mean, that's great, but I felt like maybe she could have explained the prophecy a bit. And then he would, she would have been like, oh, he never told you. She just says, Song of Ice and Fire? Oh, he never told you. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it was a little, a little confusing. He doesn't exactly give her a chance to explain. Yeah, to be fair, but, it's well, that's like, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like, bat, he, he gets he's... angry over nothing. Like, no, he, 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 I think I, he's angry over her denying, not like just letting him kill Otto outright, like off the bat. That's part of it, I think. And then I it's the what, fact that his brother I, shut him out again. Katie. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting because I think it's a scene of a husband and wife realizing that they're not alike. In that, I think D- 
Damon assumed that Rhaenyra was like him and had the same interest in interest in like maintaining their foothold and like protecting their family as he does. And it turns out that she's more reluctant than him. And she thought that they both knew about the prophecy. Apparently, they've never talked about it. But I mean, Damon is a piece of shit. <laughs> we all know this. It's not. It's not surprising that he's willing to hurt his wife like this. I think it goes a little deeper in that he is furious and about the fact that she sounds like his brother. Like what she is essentially proposing is that she is going to give their family over to the high towers and for the foreseeable future, which is what Viserys did, and he can't deal with it. And oh, oh sorry. No, I mean like his love is destructive, right? It's like these people killed my brother, your dad, and you're not going to do anything about it? You're just going to let them lead our family by the nose the same way your dad did? Like fuck this. <laughs> I can't I can't stand aside and let you do this anymore. Like he wasn't going to ever choke out Viserys for doing that, but he sure as hell's going to choke out his wife. <laughs> like it makes complete sense for the character as they've established him. Yeah, I think I also I think there's, uh, that's really well said, and, and that also part of that is that, like, <laughs> he's grieving for Viserys at the same time that he's really, really mad at Rhaenyra being like Viserys. So it's that very difficult combination for anyone of being sad that this person is gone and even going to, like, they're unjustly gone. Like, that he, you know, his first thing is, like, they murdered him. Yeah, so I don't know, I don't know if you saw the state your brother was in, it, they didn't have to push far if they did. Um, but like, I, I think, yeah, I just think that's a really painful combination. And someone like Damon is just so not equipped to deal with that. Like he, he does just go to violence every time. And like, you know, I, I, I think there's also probably like the trauma of like, he has, he has birth related trauma in terms of what happened, you know, to Lena and maybe even Emma um I, I i yeah i don't know I, I think there's a lot of layers that are going on in the manifestation of damon's villainy um that make it more interesting but i also don't think it's like at all out of character because he's a very violent person who wants to take whatever he wants right the ship is kind of just like a bodice ripper and it's just like it's always like part of the appeal is that like or you know it's just like it's always like the hanging possibility that something like this could happen. In the wedding feast scene, you know, like, when it's at the part where, like, they almost kiss, he has her hands on her neck. And then it cuts to Viserys looking all concerned, so. Yeah, unfortunately, like, a man who is violent with everybody else in his life is not going to you know, stay his hand when it comes to his family. <laughs> it's, yep. It was just, in, like, a kind of like a ticking time bomb maybe, maybe not i was i was kind of shocked that he did that but it, i was like okay but that makes sense like he bashed his former wife's head in with a rock he stomped on that guy uh what else has he done <laughs> uh, well, yeah. in that context it definitely plays but come on this is damon y'all Ladies i do love him. i do think people forget <laughs> like the ray of royce and i'm like yeah to me like it is a change from fire and blood but i don't think it's an out of character change either no He's, I don't think it's out of character now. Yeah, it's very much. I think like I think a lot of what like how Matt Smith talks about him and that he's fragile and everything that he does for his family is motivated by love. And I'm like, yeah, this reads as an abusive man who feels like 
he is trying to stop the woman he loves from doing something that he sees is profoundly stupid, and this is the only way he can do it because he just does not have the tools to, like the same way for the same reason he doesn't have the tools to go for, to her when she's going through her difficult birth. He just there's can't. no one nearby to maim, so he just grabs her. Yeah, yeah. he can't yeah. like emotionally communicate that type of stuff to people, and so so, it's- so one thing that I I thought was important um, with with the scene was kind of thinking back to, um, I don't know if it was an article or an interview. Um, but I remember one of the directors um, was basically like, why does everybody like Damon? Like, that's insane. And I think that part of, I think Matt Smith is kind of brilliant in making his character look so appealing because I think that, you know, that's what Rainier I fell in love with. And I think that he's very good at switching to that character that we saw more in previous episodes where he's actually very violent and has a temper and can't control his anger sometimes. And so when we see him switch to that abusive person or that abusive act that he just did there, like, I think it shows that, like, you know, it's Rhaenyra's seen the, like, side of him that is good, and now she's seen this, directly at her like what is she going to do with that and also I think it's just kind of showing how like he's a guy and he still wants to be in power in that sense yeah I, a lot of people are like woobifying Damon and like they're, they're a little bit like you know oh Damon would never it's like th- there is no Damon would never Damon <laughs> would anything in the right circumstance like I actually while I was watching that scene, I was like, I had this feeling he was going to, like, hit her. So then when he choked her, I was like, oh, different than what I was expecting, but, like, not surprising. And, you know, I, I, I am sad we didn't get Damon sad on the beach. Um, <laughs> but, like, the the fact that the show has, like, the fact that, like, this isn't the headline that people are talking about uh, in terms of, like, House of the Dragon hates women, Damon chokes out his wife you know, is, is I think a testament to the way the show has, has textured Damon and made us forget that he is capable of these kind of things. I, but he murdered Rhea Royce. So justice for Rhea Royce and never forget. Honestly, I, I'm going to chalk it up to media literacy because just the people, I guess I'm Twitter poisoned, but people love to forget the stuff that Damon does. And maybe it's just the, the inbuilt bias of being a fan pre-House of the Dragon, but, like, I, I've i been infinitely suspicious of the man since the beginning, and yeah, that is that is the, the pre-built bias, I guess. But having showed this to, like, people that haven't know nothing about it, they think he's an asshole, too. So I don't quite get people that, like... They still love him. No? No? I mean, like, they can, like, enjoy a scene with him, but I don't... I, usually it's not, like, the... Twitter stand levels of people that defend his. Oh, you mean people in real life? Num- yeah, numerous. Yeah, yeah. Really awful shit that he does. Yeah, the moon game and stuff. People are super into Damon, and I'm like, I haven't actually met anyone that's super <laughs> into Damon. Other than like, oh, he's definitely exists. They definitely yeah, exist. The Damira shippers, they are strong. They I've, are a strong group of people. Well, I mean, look, that, that's how we get the prince that was promised, baby. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I feel like this gets dangerous when the, those internet people then attack the person who said that they don't 
who I think was the writer that of last episode said, I don't get why everybody treats Damon as their interim boyfriend. Or um, when uh, Millie Alcock and Emma Darcy yeah. both called him the character, a groomer, and people yeah. got upset about it. Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. So that, there's definitely, I feel like I never, I can never, I think my problem with Damon is I can just never connect with that kind of, kind of character. It's just, and I don't think Matt Smith is doing a bad job. It's just that kind of character repulses me fundamentally. Um, he's and, very charming. He's very yeah. handsome. And I think it's understandable that people are drawn to that. And I also think it's just totally fine for people to like be like, whatever, he's a fictional character. If I want to like lust after him, that's totally okay. Like you said, it gets into the, the I, issue when people are like going after other people and harassing them in a delusional way. Yeah, I, I just want to clarify something. Uh, like, I don't agree with the writer being harassed at all, but like, I don't think it's just Damon stands. It's like she did, like, essentially, like, try to justify Egan raping the maids by saying he doesn't understand consent. No one sat him down and talked to him about consent when, like, if you know, like, just grab this maid and she was screaming, that's, you know, that's enough. You know, like, you can't really plead ignorance. Oh, she was, like, comparing him to Damon? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I feel like she said something Mm -hmm. a little bit more... uh, There's a little bit more context to that, but I don't remember, so I won't go into that. (laughs) Yeah, and it's neither here nor there, because we're still on this episode. (laughs) Let's let's move forward, and we can uh, circle back on Damon's weirdness here in a minute. Because we finally get to see Corliss for the first time since Driftmark, I guess, right? And uh, then we get the scene we talked about with Cor- Corliss and Rainey's. She's like, yo, Rainier is the best. And then they have the War Council and actually uh, decide whether they're sending people Corliss voices to support, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then they have to swear on a big-ass Bible <laughs> before they get sent off. Uh, which is a little weird. And then Damon with the uh, mystery dragon who we decided was uh, Vermithor. Is that right? I think that's what we decided, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's our last section before the end. I I like the idea that Damon uh, is just like, well, I have no friends. Let me go make a new one in one of the most dangerous My only friends are the dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why does he has he been down here before? I mean, I guess they he must have. foreshadowed him with the eggs and like, are they friendly? Um, this is no, this is him being Targaryen. This is right he, throughout this entire series. One thing that is consistent, I do know, notice this about Damon. He loves being Targaryen more than anybody, any other Targaryen. He's a Targaryen. He bleeds of- fire, bro. Yeah, he he sings in Valerian. Who does that? Yeah, he's frustrated because he has his Targaryen wife, he has his Targaryen-looking kids, he's got his dragons, he has his like justification to use them, and the missus is not letting him. <laughs> Mom and dad are fighting, y'all! <laughs> I've got my toys, and it's finally time! He's like, <laughs> we're Targs, I want to be fire and blood, let me be fire and blood! Exactly. <laughs> And he does mention here about when they're doing the dragon counting. Uh, he mentions that, well, the Greens only have three adult dragons. They sort of take out, uh, aside from the fact that uh, they have the biggest adult dragon. Uh, and then 
uh, he mentions, hey, there's the wild dragons. Like, who's going to ride those? I don't know, man. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we got access to dragons that they don't have. Did you notice when they're listing off the dragons and they, they mentioned that Vermithor and Silverwing are still there and can get riders, it cuts to Reyna, implying that she does not have a hatchling at this point still? Like, I, we kind of like yep. theorized, like, mm. what are they going to do with her? Because she gets sent away pretty early in the story before anything pops off. But if they have all these un, like unclaimed dragons, it doesn't really make sense to keep her on the sidelines. You don't think they're going to yeah. cut out one of the seeds, do you? Uh, I could see them... I mean, I could see them combining the two uh, the two traitors, Ulf and, and Hardhue, into like <laughs> one uber douchebag. Um, I don't know. Like, just having her ride the other one? Yeah, I mean, they could they could incorporate her more if they wanted to, um, because otherwise she's just going to disappear until the end of the show. You know, yeah. in the books she's just gone in the in the veil, right? Yeah, and nothing happens yeah. to her. I mean, they've been fairly faithful to the characters and the events, and so that's the kind of thing that makes me think. Well, they're probably just going to send her off, and she'll be gone. We might see something of her, but that's it. But I mean, I wouldn't oppose uh, a change like that. I just. I'm not sure if that's what they're going to do or not. Maybe they don't even know yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, by the, the way they cut Tarina during that scene, it just it seems like you know, like his immediate objective to like coax either Vermithor or Silverwing out. So, like, I don't know. Maybe Reyna could claim it, but like, you know, like she doesn't want, or they don't want her to like go in all the tunnels in the volcano. I mean, they have a they have a scene. They make a point to to have Rhaenyra, like, have Reyna come in and join them at the table. So I, I feel like right. they kind of have to, like, I, I think that's their way of saying like she's a part of this. Not she's not gonna she's not going anywhere else. Yeah, I, I mean, was, also just like as far as the scene with the seven pointed star, I did like that. You know, like Rhaenyra was giving her. Uh, you know, speech about Targaryen supremacy, but by saying back to being appearances, we, you know, she needs, that they need to appear to the other lords of the realm to be paying lip service to the Seven, and so that's why they swear on the seven-pointed star to not engage in any violence. Yeah, it felt a little weird for a second. She's like, swear on this, and you're oh, right. Um, it matters. That's what you would do. Yeah, it's what you would do. So, well, there's no one else there at that moment, I guess, but still. Um, it's and it's so sad the send off for Luke is so sad. Just like you be brave, like you know he'll like he'll be he'll be honored to welcome a prince of the realm. Like yeah, if you've been the first one there. Um, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I feel like Baratheon. I don't know. Hard to convince. Yeah. But to to go back for a sec, like just based on like the goodbye, it it was really striking to me that like the one of the first times we see the boy. It was, it's not, but like when, when they're fighting, you know, while Rhaenyra is giving birth and, and they're called to her, like Jay starts wailing on Luke. And like, I almost yeah felt in retrospect that that was sort of a sense that like violence has just sort of bled through this family, like maybe partially inspired by Damon. I'm not, I'm not laying all of that at his feet, but like just the idea that they, they're not, they're not as, I guess, uh, rational and peaceable and whatever. And especially Jace, who has, who has seemed like a, a very 
restrained person in the past. Yeah, that that was not a part of their relationship. I took that as not, you know, something that's been like a not that not just like a change of their dynamic over the years, but just Jay's feeling the tension of the current moment and just trying to get that out through training and trying to, or, you know, like deciding that like playtime is over. We're in the real world. Now we need to act like men, something like that, as opposed to like them learning at Damon's knee for years and years to be as bloodthirsty and violent as possible. No, no, I, I don't think that's what it was. I'm just saying like, I, they don't know yet at that point. Like that's when Rhaenyra calls them in to tell them that Viserys is dead. She's the queen also might be dying and like it just seemed like the tension had not built to a point where that would be the explanation to me and like yeah i i don't know i i, I just thought it was interesting it reminded me of Kristen cole i'll be totally honest like it, it reminded yeah. me of um it did but i guess yeah. like the they also like came back from that dinner party in like like really just like trading blows with their uncle like i don't know right all of all of this is what within 48 hours let's say of of that dinner party or yeah that's true yeah hmm. like they like they saw viserys <laughs> yeah yeah i i do love i guess we didn't mention this but uh i do love that damon's first thought like, the king was murdered <laughs> Which is is not a is not yep. outside the realm of possibility, but he was like, did anyone see it? Oh, he died. He died. Yeah, he it's was an assumption. For sure. It's just yeah. his assumption. <laughs> yeah. Which you know there were rumors uh, in the book. It's kind of like, did, is that what happened? The poisoning, all that. That is um, the assumption. It would certainly know. be a possibility, but you know we know that's not what happened here. Yeah, so. that, that's what he wants because that gives him the right. That gives him know, confidence. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely to go to war. He really wants to go to war, guys. And speaking of going to war, uh, are we ready to get to the last scene, or does anybody want to talk about anything else before that? All right, moving on. So we finally get to Storm's End, and I, I, did we see Storm's End at all in Never. Game of Thrones? Never. It's, yeah, I think it's never the been brought up. Um, the nuclear so power plant was left unseen. <laughs> I thought that this was uh, beautiful, sending the dragons off, and then finally seeing Arax for the first time here, and you know, you can see how much <laughs> how much smaller he is than the others. And I was just like, beautiful white dragon. Um, it made me so sad because I knew it was coming. But it was it was really it was really beautiful shot, and then arriving at Storm's End, and it was very cold, you know, very cold reception when he first gets there, announces himself, and then you get the shadow of Vagar, and he's like, "Oh fuck, here we uh, go." <laughs> yeah, this is not not what we want. And then the the whole scene plays out. Um, he brings a message, but his uncle's already there off to the side with some lady near him. And he delivers the scroll, for which he screams for the maester, because I guess the maester's not nearby. Uh, can Lord Baratheon not read? Is that what we're... Apparently. 
picking from this. He's that a little. That's what they were going that for. That's the strong implication. That yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's what I'm assuming. It's... Unless he's just that lazy, like read this and just I don't want to. I can read, but right. I'm not into it. You know, I need the audiobook. Under... Yeah, I was under the impression that's a that's a what's it called. That's a thing from Fire and Blood slash Princess and the Queen slash. Is it? I didn't see. Or that's what I was asking earlier. I didn't. I didn't remember that. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's is a, it, that is one of the leading causes for uh, the bunch of theories around the letter. Oh, uh, sends to him. Yeah. Huh. Because Interesting. Mesa reads it to him. So, so little Jace, uh, not so little now. I guess he's fourteen, almost a man grown in this world. Uh, I think after not wanting it and not not kind of being that that kind of guy. He does a pretty good job here of maintaining himself, even with now knowing that Eamon and Vega are there, and he's, you know, maintains himself as a messenger. Um, his uncle's like, look at my eye, I want your eye. Throws the damn dagger at him, he's like, you do it yourself. Doesn't. It's like, this is ridiculous. Uh, he, he draws his steel, though, like he's ready to go. And they, they tell him, you know, not in my hall, this isn't happening. When he gets outside of the court, like, the, the storm is just going crazy and there's no one out there which i think he takes note of and the dragon is not happy about it uh, we get a bunch of valyrian dragon commands you know that we haven't seen before shows that I, they actually have a fair bit of dialogue with these dragons right uh seems like they're in control <laughs> seems like it uh and then of course we get the the whole him trying to find his way out with the shadow of vagar behind him and the chase scene uh, which I thought this was really epic, just the, mm-hmm. the way it was shot. Uh, CG looked great. And then uh, he breaks above the clouds, and especially if you're not a book reader, you might be like, oh, great, you know, he's, he's out. He's gotten out. Right. Uh, beautiful, beautiful shot here above the clouds, and then chomp. There he is, right. And, and you know, and then, of course, we do get uh, Rhaenyra gets the news, you know, whatever, you know, fade to black. But... Probably the most interesting and somewhat controversial part of this scene is that both of them at some point lost control of their dragons. Uh, when Jace was hiding, it looked like he'd kind of made it out of the way, and maybe he could have just kind of scurried out without being noticed, because he's a smaller dragon, can hide in the crevices. Uh, and Arax just goes for a strafing run on Vagar, and he's like, no, obey me, stop it. And then uh, at that point, it's on. So he kind of provokes him and... Uh, Vagar's like, fuck that, and just chomp. And Aemond apparently did not want that. <laughs> he wanted somehow to take the eye out. I don't know how he was going to, like, wrestle him and take the eye out. I don't know. Uh, or if he was just trying to be a shit. But it seems he did not want to kill his nephew? Yeah, nephew. I always have to remind myself the relations of these people. <laughs> and uh, he, it's, he's kind of fucked up. So this seems like a change from the book but maybe not uh, but we don't really know we don't, yeah, we know, don't know what happened in the book and in fact there's a whole thing of like is he really because his body is actually never found and there's some rumors that like that he ate him and there's others that he just disappeared at sea and stuff like that we don't actually know what happened in fact no one even knows that that in fact he was eaten by the, you know that he was attacked by the other dragon well they just assume the, the intent i mean yeah the the intent here uh, to to kill him, I think is kind of the main 
thing right. that uh, is assumed that or seriously is, harm him at the yeah end. that a- right. like Aemon's gonna take him down. Period. Not like I'm just playing games and like oh I just killed the whole dragon and him. Oops. I mean it's very uh, strong circumstantial evidence. You know the last people saw both of them in the same room. Aemon was literally threatening. Uh, and then he Luke. flies off after him, which I think I think one of the first bits of. Uh, Princess and the Queen talks about, like, basically as soon as he leaves, Aemon leaves right after him and then he's dead. Right, and so. Lord Baratheon subscribes to the Wyman Manderley style of guest right, just not under my roof. Yeah, like, get out of here, right. get out of here. <laughs> right, at least in the True. book they make it sound like, you know, like he really, he's really telling Aemon to just, or giving okay. Aemon license to go hog wild after, uh, or outside. Right, yeah, like, I, I can say that I didn't have anything to do with it. But man, it was hard watching the dragon in pieces and everything fall down. Right. Um, ugh, yeah, it's heartbreaking. I think. Also- I- Go ahead, Mihal. Oh, sorry. It's it's also great because like, like when you're watching, you know, I guess it's Melly's and whatever Jason's dragon's name is, and Arax take off from Dragonstone. Like they Correct. look pretty big, you know. Like they don't look like little baby dragons. And then like that that lightning shot of Vagar when he lands is just like, oh, oh, there is a completely, yeah, a different level of existence here. Yeah. And then like, oof, those, those, the, the way they echoed that, like with also the, you could see the shadow of Vagar and it, like, it was really, really scary. Hmm. Yeah. You see what Rhaenyra means by, you know, when she objects to Damon that, you know, most of our dragons aren't battle tested. I don't think even Cyrax has like, has battle experience. No, I mean, I think Rhaenyra is, is specifically known for not really t- be going to battle with her dragon and Cyrax right. and trying to think. I don't think There's, really yeah, I don't ever think takes, anything. I don't think she takes the field during the dance, even. Uh, no, no. Yeah, no. Um, and I think of the dragons, that it's just Caraxes and technically Sea Smoke, but I mean, they don't actually have Sea Smoke at the time. Yeah, I and think- I don't know if they, they haven't showed us like them training like all right light this wooden target on fire you know from the sky or or doing anything that would that would kind of prepare for this that's what i want a training montage same <laughs> dragon montage i need a dragon you must be swift as a coursing river that, that's right you got to tie like yeah. a you know a bandana on and you got to like I, I want to see a Lord. dragon pumping some some uh, some Valyrian steel, you know. Yeah. You must fit. bring the imperialism. That's what Sea Smoke has been doing. Sea Smoke's just been waiting this whole time for a new rider, just over there getting swole, you know. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I could totally see a Damon like training montage with all the dragons and oh, yeah. having like real live targets. Dragon boot camp. Yeah. Sometimes. They just have they just have uh, a captured um, uh, corsairs from the triarchy like Dornishmen as well. Yeah, now now line up and hit your target, Nettles. There you go. <laughs> Give them another pass. That's impossible, man. I need the targeting computer. <laughs> yeah. So Hugh, good job, Hugh. Come on, Ulf. Stop falling off the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, so Lord Lord Baratheon's an ass. Yeah, no, he's uh, he follows uh, renowned political theorist Janet Jackson with "What have you done for me lately?" Being his <laughs> mo. <laughs> Just a 
I guess go back to Amond um, and the choice to kind of make Luke's death accidental. I think I said this earlier, kind of uh, at the beginning of the podcast, where I think it'll be interesting where they go with it for season two, because it gives him space to have an arc um, instead of just being evil from the get go. I guess it, or maybe like a gung ho killer from the get go. Like he has a genuine look of shock that's very interesting at the end like oh shit mom's gonna be so mad at me <laughs> when they get home <laughs> um and he and he's a kinslayer now which is something that right. follow, like even in the book that follows him around hmm. and it, it'll be interesting like because he like uh, we've talked a bit about him in earlier episodes where he starts out very sympathetically this season as being like the bullied kid and the one who goes crying to his mom saying they all laughed at me and now that he's kind of like ascended to become like the uber bully now like it's kind of like the reality of that's kind of slapped him in the face and like i feel like right. he's going to have a, a much rougher rise to like arch villainy than he does in the book where he's kind of just like a menace Off from the, the start yeah. right because imagine like you know him coming back and trying to sell this who in their right mind would believe him you know like they're coming back and you know like you know like the story from storm's end is going to be what it is and then, you know, like, yeah, who in their right mind would believe that? Yeah, and so someone, Bina put up her kind of reaction episode, uh, like, a couple hours ago before the episode, because she, she spoiled herself, and they, they recorded a little something. So someone on the YouTube commented, uh, Josh Knock commented, that it's also, like, he liked the idea that he was shocked, because this is his first murder. It's the first time he's taken a life. You know, as hard as he is going around, with all the rhetoric and the one eye and all that shit. Like, he's never actually killed someone, right? I'll admit as I struggle with it. I, I, I... Poor Quentin tweeted this. It came across my feed, and, and I, I struggle to refute it, which is that, like, I don't know why you go to all that effort if you're gonna just not kill him. <laughs> like, it... it my issue is just like he it's a long chase Eamon is very very happy to be striking horror into this child and his dragon like it 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 begs like what did he think was gonna happen like what was the what was the culmination gonna be like I did think it was really powerful to see him go like oh shit like I just (laughs) I started a war oops and mom was going to be so happy with me because I was going to bring her this eye. But like, you yeah. know, I, I, I yeah. he was like, I wanted to torture the kid and, you know, rip him apart. That was too quick. I think it might be a reflection on the whole, like, you know, these people aren't very down to earth as far as the consequences of what violence is at the end of the day. Right. When you're 17 and your entire life has been training in a yard with, you know, some of the best fighters in the world who are still going to go, like, are not going to beat you seriously, you know, when you fuck up. And when you're actually out in the world and you're trying to commit that violence on someone and you aren't realizing that the the implications of that violence is that war will be started because of it, I do think it's possible to do this. To to have this, like, happen like this. And I think the the idea with Eamon is that He's struggling with two sides in that I think the book's just sort of portraying him as kind of a psychopath, which, okay, that's fine. Um, it has powers in, on his own, but um, 
the, I think that the show is trying to show a little bit more complicated. And there's the very vindictive, violent side of Maynard. And then there's the side in which I should be king. And I know better than my brother and how to be a king and how to act in political situations. And here he is trying to be violent, vindictive, little shit. But at the same time, at this, this, the moment in which he would push too far and the dragon bit the other dragon, suddenly, oh, he, he came to where? Oh, wait a minute. At that moment, wait a minute. This is a terrible political decision to make. Um, and I just fucked up. I just started the war. I, I would have preferred it. I mean, it's a chaotic thing. I don't know exactly how you coordinate this, but like if it had been clear that his goal had been like, I'm going to take Prince Luceri's hostage and kill Arax, which is tactically pretty mm. pretty good idea. And then something goes wrong, either Vagar does the thing, or maybe, you know, he has Luke and Luke starts stabbing him and like he slips off or something. Like I I, I don't mind it not being Eamon's fault. And I don't mind the the dragon. I mean, I mean, I what's know. her base? Vagar is like a strong, independent woman. She doesn't need to listen to any man, right. <laughs> you know, whatever. But like, I guess- Vithenia's I, partner, yeah. Yeah, well, but Eamon is so smart and he pr prides himself on being so smart. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because the actor looks like, does not look 17, There's but I'm just like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you thought this was gonna end, buddy. I mean, his line from episode nine, when you were doing other things, I was studying the blade. Like, he's an edgy, dark star. He's an edgelord. Yeah, no, 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 no. He's an edgelord that hasn't actually no. committed any violence in the world seriously or and un doesn't understand the consequences of them. Yeah. I, I, I think, think he's a total fucking dweeb of a person who just doesn't I, understand what he's doing in the end. I don't think, I don't think he's a total dweeb. I think he understands his... Most of the time, well, he understands what he's doing, but in that situation, and he's never been put into that sort of situation where and a raw move can start and will start the war, like officially. I've, again, I've, I don't think there's anything too deep in the fact that he's thinking about taking this, this Sarah's hostage. I think he just wants to be, well, he wants to bully the guy who used to bully him. And, uh, well, you have dragons now. The bullying lead can very easily lead to something much, much worse. And then he snapped when the, the 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 too far thing happened. He realized it, and then it's like, oh wait a minute, I just made a terrible mistake. So yeah, um, so I think what um, is what this kind of cheapens is the mothers or like the theme of like you know like from episode eight of just like the mothers wanting at least to work this out without shedding blood or. But the grievances have been passed on to their children, and it is way too late to work that out between them when none of them want to. And I think if, you know, like, the, if the route of, you know, like, Alicent and Rhaenyra don't want to fight each other, if that's the creative choice they're going with, then I think that you know, like, having... I think there are only so many characters who can occupy the emotional niche of I don't want to hurt anyone, but, you know, I think there have to be some characters in this emotional landscape that, you know, just want war for the sake of it, like Damon. Yeah, we need active antagonists, and it can't just be Damon. 
Yeah, that's yeah. kind of one of my because it's it's something that's kind of happened over and over and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't is that there's a lot of like accidental violence or rather like people not like being overly hesitant like uh like Allison is kind of in that camp too where it's like they're they're very different from like their book counterparts who want what they want and they're willing to do anything to get what they want Whereas here, it's a lot of hand like hand wringing and like, no, maybe we should try this or, or no, yeah, it's it kind of it takes away like some of the agency of some of these characters in a way that can I think if they keep doing it, can kind of weaken the narrative. It's like yeah, is whoever said it before like an active antagonist is is like just as compelling as someone who is trying to maintain peace. It's just like you have to pick a lane. You know, I feel like on the other hand, and this is, I guess, my perspective is that I feel like the reason I never liked the book and how the way it is portrayed is nothing. I don't see that sort of thing as agency. I just sort of see it as very, very one, one dimensional characters doing a bunch of horrible things. And I hated every single, almost, almost every single character in the books because of that. Um, whereas I like, the, I like these characters a lot more. I, I, and I found them a lot more interesting. That, that that they are characters who they are they I feel like they do have agency and the choice not to act is an is I believe them exercising agency. That um, not every I, character has to have depth though. I mean, one dimensional characters can be very useful in the story you. as long I mean, as they're not aren't all no, one dimensional. I mean, I mean, that's just me. Other people can have. Can, Ramsey, I mean, was very popular. It's like we talked about this with Rings Alfred of Power. It's like I don't need like a complicated it's, it's, Sauron, I mean, you know. <laughs> it's, I don't need it's, it. It's up to I mean, different people have different views, and and that's me. I don't care for Lord of the Rings anything. <laughs> that so I might be the crazy one. No, I think that this. So when watching this scene, this kind of made me think. To um, I don't know if anybody has seen um, the Sand Sandman on Netflix. There's an episode where. Uh, basically, the character um, who's played by Lupin um, is basically grants everybody um, freedom of like being able to do or say whatever they want, and that leads to an amount of consequences that, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a lot of consequences, oh, yeah. positive episode. and mostly negative. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I, this to me felt like. You know, Eamon wanted to kill Luke. He's wanted to kill Luke probably right. since the moment he gouged his eye out. Um, and so to me, it felt like more that Vagar knew that Eamon wanted this, and so he did it. Um, yeah, the subconscious or like diving the dragon's actions. Oh, yeah. like the yeah, like the the warging aspect, the bond. Yeah, saying? and you know, I think they kind mm. of they kind of. Ex- I don't know if they, I wouldn't say they explored it, but they did kind of mirror that in earlier in the episode with Rhaenyra giving birth. Um, They showed their dragon like screaming. And I don't know if that was meant Mm -hmm. to be like a, you know, she is a dragon or if it's like a, the dragon's feeling her pain there type thing. I don't know if that's what the show wants to go with. They really kind of like held back on that with Game of Thrones. Um, it's but we've I also seen it see, with but... with Caraxes and Damon twice, like first on the bridge and then in this episode with the Kingsguard, where Caraxes is nowhere to be seen. 
Damon doesn't make any noises or signals, but dude comes up over the hill and is like, yep, ready to pounce. Uh, like, how does that happen? Yeah, you there's know? some. There's definitely some kind of bond there, and I think that Vagar, like, you know, whether he's agitated by, you know, I think that some people will read that as being agitated by um, Eric's, um, you know, breathing fire into his neck or whatever. Um, I put it more as like Amond had wanted to do this his whole life and Vagar is just doing the job for him even though Amond has a moment of like oh shit I didn't actually want to do this like yeah. and it was also one giant bite right it was just right. over in a second yeah, yeah. it was wow yeah, that, thanks for laying on that laying all that out Casey because that shit is compelling to me that's that, mm-hmm. that yeah in that's yeah. yeah in the book there's I think like Septon Barth straight out says that dragons take on the preferences of their riders. It's like, you know, like Silver Ring and Vervathor get along famously and they don't like Dreamfire, who is, you know, like the dragon of their grumpy older sister who feels that Jay Harris stole her throne. And I think in the book when Jace or sorry, Luke goes to Storm's End, like the or like Arax and Verm- or Ar- and Vagar are snapping at each other the entire time out in the yard. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely the think that the yard, like yeah. this, like Vagar's too big. <laughs> it's like, I, would, well, I, well, I kind of maybe wonder how uh, Aemon got on Vagar so quickly, but well, this this kind of this is the stuff that really wants me to like have the book like of Aemon's POV and see like right. what he was actually thinking during that moment and to see like how dragons and the Targs bond with each other because that's like the stuff that I'm like really interested in and I think that it adds an interesting level to it but it's also something that the show has never done before they really um after season one of Game of Thrones they really kind of like were like eh dire wolves you know warging what what of it um, right. props. nice props <laughs> yeah not not so much get rid of most of them don't yeah. show them Right. Too expensive. So I, I kind of, I don't, know, I don't know, I think I'm wishful thinking, but I, I think it's an interesting aspect to think about. Even if that's not the route they're taking, I mean, it, these, these are characters with conflicted, uh, they have different things they're pulling them into to make different decisions all the time. Um, and the struggle and to, to try to come up with a decision, decision an ultimate decision. decision with all these conflicting feelings and conflicting biases and conflicting political interests. I don't know. Isn't that what it's all about? (laughs) What is interesting (laughs) is that they don't have Lord Baratheon's daughter egging on Amond after Luke leaves. Considering like, like, you know, like the, the theme of this like short story of or novella of misogyny and like historical misogyny and just like doing anything or just like finding any way to blame a woman for men's actions that is a notable absence also they have to pay the actor way more to speak (laughs) (laughs) said i feel like cut out one of those celtic guards or whatever's and add her in much more interesting because she actually has a character I do think, you know, I guess going back to like the 
musing on how many children have been born in the show. Like, I, I really, I think it's about children. Like, I think that is ultimately what the show is talking about and like considering like the things we pass down to kids and, and the way that affects generation after generation. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, sorry, I like zoned out for a bit, but like, it's true that, that episode eight was it with the dinner like that, the war start, it has started already. Like the tragedy of that scene is that like, you know, and you see, you see the interaction with Luke and, and Amond that like, it, it doesn't matter how much peace their moms make. It doesn't matter how much their granddad slash dad wants there to, you know, be Amity and whatever between them. It, it's, it's too late. They've, they've poisoned the children and the children are now on this path. And this is, an interesting part of that. And the yeah, children are the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've, they've set up their future. And most of these children are not their future. <laughs> well, I've read the book. Unfortunately, they're supposed <laughs> oh. to be. <laughs> I mean, they won't be around to see it anyway, so. Womp womp. <laughs> Anyway, so the next scene, are we ready to go on the next scene, Adam? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting that we don't see Damon's face. And this oh, when he gives her the news. Yeah. Yeah. Or after. I think we would have been critical of any face that he gave. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. Matt they Smith had her... was busy. <laughs> I, I really do enjoy he took that they they gave her like this kind of she turns off to the side and it's obvious that in that moment she's kind of like letting out whatever emotion she can't let out in front of her lords and then when she turns around it's more of a a furious you know hatred that's left she's got that danny face yeah <laughs> But the, the burn stuff. I, I, I should mention this, this episode was amazing, but like specifically the last couple of scenes felt I was just I was glued to the seat. I was locked right. in. I normally have like a live chat going for these, but I was I didn't care. I was just so sucked <laughs> in. And I noticed afterwards, like it was a very similar thing where just nobody was typing because they were all Ooh. locked into the scene that much. I'll they be have thrilled. stolen my crown and murdered my children, and now they shall answer for it. I hope that, I mean, I hope that they maintain that tenor with her um, and have her just, like, full ascend to, like, yes, fire and blood. We're gonna take back what's ours. I will appreciate that. Um, yeah, because, like, it, I think, like, the kind of, something that's kind of bothered me a little over the season is kind of the gender essentialism of Women want peace and men want war. Thank like, you. No. Yeah, it's like, no, that's not really how an absolute monarchy works, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I will I would be very thrilled to kind of see Rhaenyra like go like the descent begin into Rhaenyra's like blood and cheese. No, I think the primary work of season two if season the primary work of season one is like you know, setting the table and humanizing right. Alicent, that 
the primary work of season two would be to, you know, just like show Rhaenyra's descent into making it believable. So when she steps into King's Landing and I guess the finale of season two, that like it's completely believable that she's immediately a tyrant. It makes sense that she goes from a place of, it, I, well, I guess it makes it more of a tragedy that she goes from being someone who wanted to maintain the unity of the realm and was resisting the call to war, and then she just kind of goes all, like, full hog into it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it is from the book that, like, you know, like, when Luke dies, she's, like, yeah, she has that initial, like, you know, like, blustery one-liner to, like, the maester that's delivering terms, but then... Like, you know, like, when Luke dies, she does become some of a, or kind of, like, a sobbing mess. But then when Jace dies, really just, like, that's at the point where, like, all of the best parts of her died, too. And what's just left mm. is tyranny. Yeah, so yeah. I guess if, if they're trying to make that more consistent and now is, or they're just, like, keeping now as her dark turn and they're going to keep it consistent and then it's just going to get a, a level even worse when Jace dies or... I guess this is a good time to talk about this. So, uh, Martin said that there would be four seasons of 10 episodes apiece. Right. I mean, I think, I don't know if that's like law, like, because HBO is only renewed for a second season. Um, but I don't know if that's for sure what's going to happen, or, but it sounds like that is the plan. So, what are we, are we thinking next season is, do you think the end of season two would be her arriving in King's Landing? Yeah. I mean, I don't know about, like, I don't have the timeline of all the battles, so, you know, I can't speak to that. But, you know, like, narratively, I guess it would make sense to, like, open with blood and cheese and then end with Rhaenyra stepping into King's Landing when everyone's just dug in on their side. And then, yeah, the next season is about how everyone's just dug in and it's just war, you know? I don't yeah. think they can open with blood and cheese because I, I mean, unless well, they like do, season, like, episode one. Whatever, like, no, I, 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 I would not do it in episode one personally, just because I think you need that time for Allison to be like, holy shit, we have, we have completely destroyed our chance at peace. Like, we're, her reacting to Luke's death and having that. Yeah, we, we do need that beat, but like, maybe they end with blood and cheese in that episode. Well, I, I think also you need a little more time to like have Helena be with her children. <laughs> like, I, yeah, let's. However far we push it back for Helena's sake, I'm good with that. <laughs> I yeah. really hope they change her ending. <laughs> I'm like, they changed uh, what's his face is Lenor's. I, I really hope they change her ending. Not that not they're not going to change blood and cheese, but I I hope they change. I I don't want her just like oh, and then somebody well, pushed her out the, a window. Maybe. I was gonna say, are her are her and Aegon uh, still in the room with with the with the uh, what's his name uh, Tom and window. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doesn't she get caught on the spikes and take like a yes. die or something? It's pretty bad. We don't need that. We we don't. We go, you know don't what? George, love you. Don't need it. <laughs> Maybe they'll have her hang herself instead. I guess I've been thinking of the show as having like a three season arc that it's kind of hard for me to fit it into like where the breaks would be for four seasons. Because in my mind, next season you got to get blood and cheese. Rainies has to die. And then maybe Jace has to die, and then King's Landing. Like maybe that's like, like a. Go ahead. I was gonna say I feel like we'll have Gullet as one of the big ballot battles. We'll have. Uh, 
a rainy Seattle, so Rook's Rest. We'll have Jace going to the Erie and Winterfell. We'll have maybe the the earliest battles in the Riverlands. And I think the end of the season will be the gullet, if I had to guess. And Jace dying. I could see that. I feel like season three is probably where you want to have Alicent and uh, Rhaenyra back together. But you don't want to... If it's going to go to a fourth season, you don't want Rhaenyra dead before that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think Rhaenyra would die if season three, late season, though. Yeah, I think they might have... They might, well, I don't know. Because what do you... Uh, see, how do you have a whole season without... You know, who's well, viewed as like your principal character? I, I know it does. It does, time. but um, I, I don't yeah, know. Uh, I don't know what their stopping point is. I, I feel sorry. I, no, no, no. I, go ahead, Katie. Like I think, like she has to die like late, late in the last season of the show, and then maybe you have two episodes of Denouement with Aegon, the uh, yeah. the second him dying, and then her kids, or rather, her uh, Aegon the third getting. You know, put on there because I think that's like that's the the kind of like the pen that you put on this whole conflict is that she dies, but her child gets the throne. Like that's right. kind of her yeah. her her legacy. Um, I feel like that would be a, a probably the or you know he could get the throne and then Aegon's like Aegon the Third is like yeah lock the dragons away none of this shit no more of this shit we can't control them. Be like lemon grab from uh, Adventure Time. <laughs> no more dragons. I'm, I'm feeling. I don't know. I, I just feel like we could get like half a season out of Cregan. Uh, I, I don't disagree. Battle. I just don't know if that's practical for a uh, a show of this caliber to to kind of ditch uh, those characters. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say like if we're talking, they want to get ballsy. I mean, God did it itself in season one with Ned, like the principal character. It's very different. That's very different. They didn't yeah. kill I, I'm not saying I wouldn't enjoy it. I'm not saying I wouldn't enjoy it. I just feel like that's not that's something that if you're the showrunner and you're at HBO and you go, okay, and you're like, yeah, so season three, we're gonna kill, we're gonna kill the main character that you know who they know is like quote unquote the main character. And like, okay, and then what? Like, she comes back, or what are we doing? No, 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 she's dead. She's dead. We're, we, there's a whole other story we're telling now. Well, what's yeah. the next season? You know, like they they wouldn't get it. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it is odd because you know once you put Rhaenyra in King's Landing you you know you can't have her there for like more than the season and the storming of the dragon pit is a big set piece that makes sense to put late in the season as like episode 9 or the finale like the end of towards the end of a season 3 yeah that would make yeah. sense but then it's just like do we want would we want a whole season of again it's four seasons isn't set in stone right just a a very educated guess from martin but like right so then yeah maybe like rhaenyra's death season four episode one but you know like kraken takes an entire episode but then like how else would you fill eight other episodes i'm not entirely sure post rhaenyra's there's actually not that much story right unless they really want to go deep unless yeah unless they're jumping forward a lot yeah, I think yeah. it's also worth noting that like this show is so focused on Allison and Rhaenyra as kind right. of the, the two queens on the board, right. and so to have it just be like, well, Aegon was talking to Aegon, and then there was Viserys, and also Cregan, and like whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, uh, I'm mm, I, like, 
the removal of all of the women, not that it doesn't make sense, but like wouldn't feel great in the show to me. It's not Although like I guess maybe they out. can have Masnaria. Like, yeah. Masnaria yeah. actually died before Rhaenyra. I know, but <laughs> maybe they'll change that so we can hear more of her accent. Oh, no. <laughs> Please, no. Yeah, maybe they what, what maybe, maybe they don't uh, take King's Landing in the next season, even though I think that'd be a pretty sweet episode 10. Maybe uh, just, just imagine the last shot is Rhaenyra bloody on the off the, walking off the throne. Girl, I've already thought about this so much where I'm like, Eamon goes to Harrenhal and he's like, where's Damon? Where is he? And then we come back and they're flying over King's Landing and there's Nettles and everybody else on their dragons. It'll be amazing. Right. Well, you know, yeah, we still have a lot of characters to introduce, I suppose. I mean, you've got, you've got the dragon seeds and there are other lords and there's some intrigue that happens around the, around the kingdom there. And they can add stuff. They're probably going to add stuff. Um, yeah. Hmm. With that said, you know, like, I'm, I'm okay with because, wait, Jace dies at the gullet, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that being, like, a later season two thing. If they give, you know, like Adam suggests, more time to introduce secondary characters. Because, good lord, they need that time. <laughs> Why give us, you know, like, like, a good portion of a late season episode for the twins when, you know, like, they're going to be gone very soon after Blood and Cheese? Yeah, we still have some time with Grover. I mean, <laughs> no, no Grover, only Kermit. We gotta have the entire Winterfell bro down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sarah Snow. Winterfell. I, I could, I could very much see them spending quite a while with Jace at Winterfell because it's a familiar showpiece. They have the sets and everything. Um, you know, you, you get to kind of rally the Stark merchandise back. You know, to people, <laughs> tell them that shit. Um, there's all those baby. heart trees if they want to do that. Brand will be like, Sarah oh, Snow with, with a, you know, just like a doe-eyed beauty, and then you know, like Jace is like, oh, so you're a bastard? Huh? They call me that. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a strong boy. <laughs> I'm a strong boy, and you know what? Stark is German for strong. I'm just like, yeah, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to be the heir to the throne. I don't even want it. <laughs> Or we could get the confirmation of the theory that his dragon lays some eggs up there. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think dragons like can... the hot springs of Winterfell. I think one thing to keep in mind going forward is that I don't think these battles are going to take a lot of time. Right. Game of Thrones typically don't spend all the time on battles, except for like the really big one. And you don't have a lot of yeah, money. I mean, like a battle is usually like an episode. It's not like Dragon Ball Z where they yeah, start for twenty not, episodes, right? Yeah, the battle is um, not even an episode. The, well, the but I mean, like it's it's contained minutes. within an episode. Is what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Ten, ten, 10 minutes at most. Yeah. So, like, even like Hard Home and Battle of the Bastards and the Loot Train, if we're still calling it that, um, <laughs> like those episodes that were kind of big, still were were all contained in one episode. So. What are the big ones we? We've got the gullet, we've got the fish feed, we've got the battle oh, yeah. over Heron Hall. Uh all of the uh all the battles of Tumbleton. Um Yeah. yeah. I mean oh, there's yeah. the the battle above the God's eyes, I think what everyone is waiting for. Yeah. Uh, that's what did gonna I say? be Godswood. Yeah. pretty late. So What's the one uh where where does Kristen Cole die? 
Oh, uh, where he gets, he gets an arrow in the knee and shit. Butcher's um, ball. Yeah, that's the one. It's that's like on the be. King's Road or something. So Kristen yep. Cole, the most noble knight to ever wear the white cloak. I'm, I'm starting to think that it's been a while since I read Fire and Blood, that George right. literally just wrote this to name the battles, all this stuff. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if... But um, um, Kristen Cole can't die before he and Allison have sex. Right. You know what? Considering his whole like, you know, like his, his whole like big Madonna, big time Madonna whore complex, he'll probably when that happens, he'll just probably call her a harlot and leave. He might. He might. I, 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 I don't know. He can call me a harlot anytime he wants. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's it's a really interesting psychological mess that they've got going on there with like, I you know. No, but this I is the classical seen... courtly love of just right. like you know, like devoting yourself right. to a woman who's unattainable and not right. actually consummating it. Yeah. No. 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 I know. But but I feel like you don't usually see that deconstructed in a psychological way you see it in like a bodice ripper kind of way like i can't get my hands off of you finally but in a like what does it do to your head if like this this person is supposed you guys keep to be saying bodice ripper is this like a genre i don't know about? yes <laughs> yeah yes, <laughs> yes it is <laughs> i mean i imagine it's like the, the like the creepy you know fabio novel with the guys like oh milady we're not supposed you to know. make fun of romance anymore <laughs> a real genre he does get he does get suit like she has that line last episode where she's like everything you feel for me as your queen it was very intimate it was very intimate I, I'm also I just mm-hmm. I want Allison to take something that she wants finally right. look yeah this, no look I've been in team phone. girl touch yourself for like you know like seven <laughs> right. episodes now right but like we could have averted war with a little <laughs> masturbation, but <laughs> I want a sex scene with her and Kristen Cole where she keeps the shoes on because she's like, no, oh, oh my god, oh no, <laughs> god, you no. Are so close to forgetting. Oh no, what if she like, what if she like, cuts her like foot or something or her toe like while like oh, no. he's doing it like or whatever uh... to like fuck with him. <laughs> Like make what? him do something. I'm very... we're, we're gonna get escalating foot fetish scenes where like the next time she's with Lars, she's gonna be stepping on eggs, stomping. Oh no. Finally oh, no, he'll no, be no. crushing his balls. That's right. I, I actually don't know. No, I feel like they may back away from that. Grapes. Considering the reaction to it, yeah, I think the they might as well. has not been great, especially among apparently like disabled viewers. So I feel right. like they might not not necessarily like Make Laris not gross, but like they might back away from that particular. You mean disabled viewers, like viewers that are disabled, can't walk. Pe- no. People with disabilities like, have commented yeah, it's more on the about portrayal of the fetish to his disability. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little right. odd. I've got to oh, say, they're, they're trying I to say because was... he's got the club foot. Club he's in foot. His feet, yeah. Well, they zoom right in oh, on okay. his foot as he's sitting there. They, yeah. yeah, they they did a which I really wish they hadn't done actually because I I feel like it actually. I think it's it was actually a really kind of smart way of getting Allison into that position and whatever. But but obviously, if people are like uncomfortable with it based on their own experiences, that's that's obviously super valid. So yeah, I thought it yeah was the whole my love cringy, or, uh, personally yeah. But yeah, I still the say whole, like 
sorry, the whole your love for me as the queen, I think that was just more of her trying to manipulate him. Right. And yeah. not that like she was not that she was acting in an unchaste way. I feel like any of that like like she still like hates herself for like being under Laris's thumb like this. And she hasn't per her conversation with Rainey's, she hasn't taken what she's wanted yet. Right? It's like just like the conversation Rhaenyra had with Damon in 104. Uh, so, so for those two in. things, it sounds like it's like they're not banging yet. She's just like that's just how people talk, you know. It's just like your lo- right. like your loyalty to me as the queen, and like your like admiration for it. Whether it's like you actually like have a crush on me i'm not sure if she entirely means it that way or if she just if she does mean it that way and she's using it to manipulate him i don't think she needs to manipulate him i i, I think he has fully signed on to the religion of alicent hightower right. and like he'll do whatever I, yeah i i think that that was it was a i guess cashing some kind of currency that she already had but i don't think it was manipulative yeah. hmm. I think he's manipulating manipulating her. Like, like it, it, clearly he's I the think one it's, in they're control. Both. I think he, you think he's the one in control necessarily. I mean, I I think yeah. they they both are you know, of a certain aspect. Um, yeah, he 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 got a character who is closeted and not sex positive in any kind of way near that to show her feet and masturbate in front of him in front of her right but we right. we come oh, into this about Laris. i think we were, we were talking about cole we come uh, we, we just come in seeing this as an established thing so we don't really know who kind of initiated right. this how or what the power dynamic is like clearly she's not like super into, into it, it or it could just be in her brain it's like we talked about this, like, you know, like the backdoor loophole thing, you know, like right. that religious girls get like, hey, I just, if I look away, he can look at my feet and I can pretend that like, I'm not a part of this, even though she knows full right. well what's going on. And this is, you know, the carrot that she dangles in front of him. Or maybe it's not. I, it's really hard to read. I think he's been charging her this. I think they've, they've worked up to, I don't, I don't think she would want to do this. I, and I, and I also no think way. that you can tell yeah. based on what she says to him on the ship. Which mm-hmm. is that, like, I will, like, find some way to reward you or something, like, when the opportunity arises. And I was like, oh, political, whatever, gonna make right. Master Whispers, yeah. whatever. Nope, nope, barely. It's not <laughs> was that. like, can I just look at your feet? She was, it's a little more, shall we say, conversation? In her chambers, oh, when she meets alone with her in her chambers in 106, she doesn't have her shoes on. You can see her stocking feet when Talia walks in, when she's at the table. Yeah, I know, but I, yeah. I wonder if that's, like, if that was just kind of... If, if that right, was him was... being like, a, why don't you take your shoes off? Get comfortable. Like, because she's not nope. tense at all in that scene with him. Yeah, I think that was like, I think at that stage, it might very well have been uh, just like this weird thing that he suggests and she's just going along with it, but it's not creepy yet. So, you know, she's doing it. But it's like, I want us to be so close that, you know, we don't have to wear shoes when we're around each other. You know, just relax, girl. <laughs> just you, not me, though. I, I still want to interject yeah. with my favorite YouTube comment of the week, not on one of our videos, but I saw where someone said that Otto is the hand and Alicent is the foot. 
Oh yeah, yeah I saw, I saw a few of those. That was cute. Oh, uh, I, I, we didn't mention it this in this episode, but when Rhaenyra uh, ripped the hand off of Otto and threw it off the bridge, that was awesome. Yep, that was good. Yeah. It's okay. He'll get a new one. I'm sure. Get a chain. That guy. He probably has a whole collection of them. He wears one every day, a different one. <laughs> he just pulls it out of his pocket. Yep. All right. One for every day of the week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they cut his hands off when they behead him. Right. I think in the but book, possibly before. I think it was in the book. It was a maester that was the envoy, so she ripped his chain off. And in the book, it's not like a big chain all across all your body. It's just like a choker necklace almost. So. And I guess we didn't mention that it, it is a weird choice that Otto came all the way himself, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, she doesn't kill him and all that. But uh, there's not really much of a reason that she wouldn't. Yes. Or that he wouldn't yeah, assume. Yeah. Oh she no, really he's right. a peace envoy. So. And yeah. that's about well, no, like, I, I know that, appearance. but he's you know with with the history with Damon and with everything going on, like him leaving there alive is not that's very not high probability. Like a messenger is much more likely to be able to leave. That book is going to be missing that page for forever now. Right, and oh that means how this is how we get podcasts about history. Where we're like, right. we don't actually know anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so what? What? No, we know about Nymeria. It's okay. What was the book? What? what it was book Nymeria was from. It was yeah, but it was just from a, a history book. It sounds like it's or... just like a fairy tale that they liked. You know, it's, right. it seems it was more as of like they, just like or kitty level, kitty level history of you know like Nymeria teaching the kids. Yeah, it was just her trying to reconnect and say like, hey, remember when we used to not hate each other? I kept this the whole time. Can I steal your throne? Honestly, her keeping the paper speaks more to me of Allison actually reciprocating uh, Rhaenyra's crush than anything she did it's at the super time. Super gay. Yeah. Super gay. <laughs> I kept this page you ripped out of a book twenty years ago. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Actually, I'm. I'm just. I'm very passionate about books <laughs> quick question um because this didn't we didn't really kind of touched on this a little bit earlier like what what do you think damon's relationship is like with luke and jace because <laughs> he seems like really like i cannot imagine that he's had more than five conversations with either of these kids in all the years that he's been married to Rhaenyra. What are you talking about? Damon is a loving stepfather who embraces <laughs> all of his adopted children. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Yeah. He, no, I, I just I feel like failed. Damon's not a monster in this. He's just he's 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 a person who isn't a fantastic father to begin with. Like yeah, like David was saying. Like I Yeah, I get the, the feeling that the hugging those girls, Michal, they shot that scene. <sighs> I, I I get the feeling that a lot of the people in, so a lot of the kids are just, if they're good, they're in spite of their upbringing most of the time. So it's like, Daron, decent, in spite of his upbringing, you know? Um, The strong boys, Aegon, Viserys, good people in spite of their upbringing. Bela Reyna, good people in spite of Daemon. I don't know, know, but but like all of, almost all of the greens are kind of shit. Right. Um, like Helena and Aegon fine, are, but, but Helena and all, Daron are. All of the black kids seem fine. Like they just all die. <laughs> I mean, they're not given much of a chance. A lot of these kids, as well, to be fair. Like the oldest ones, so it's 
Aegon, uh, Aemond are like unequivocally bad people, right? Right. And then you've got Helena, Daron, older, but they're good people generally. Uh, well, and then, but geez. but they're not they're not attached to power in the way that the older two's are, right? Like they're not entrapped in Daron King's Landing has and a dragon at the very least. And that's true. Helena yeah. does. But, but he, when, like when does he get sent off? He's sent off early on. Yeah. He's sent well, off. Yeah, he's not Daron, at King's Landing hardly at all. Daron killed many, many people. Yeah, I do want to point this out. <laughs> when you say good Targaryen, they all had the potential. Jaceres as well. Yeah, he participated mm. in many battles, in several battles as well. They, they're all kind of shit in some way or another. Thing you can't hide. Okay, I know you're a green cell. You can't hide yeah. from me. They're all <laughs> our baby girls. They're the people I care about. Like I said, the Tristan, the, the, the true, the real people, the Tristan true fires of the world. Mm, no, I think I think my meme has proven you wrong, good sir. We will see how much I support Tristan true fire. I'm okay with Gaiman, or whatever his name is. Gaiman well. Pale Hair. I'm, I'm okay with him as well. He supports women's born. rights, sex worker yeah. rights. <laughs> you know what? He's cool with me too, but the, the, the crazy prophet, F that guy. You know who I want to see? Alice Rivers. That'll be interesting. I want to see what HBO does with her so yeah, bad. I have no idea what it goes. What happens to her in Hall? What happens to her anyways in the story? Just sort of she has, yeah, she has Eamon's baby, and the last we see of her is she's still holed up there, like, witchcrafting the men under her thrall. They try to go root her out afterwards, and she, she, she does some magic shit and is still there. Good this for her. Harenhal's a fucked up place, y'all. <laughs> I feel like the I, people who often goes to Harenhal does fuck, fuck their things. I think the funniest part of Alice Rivers is that she bewitches all the men around her, but when Damon goes there, like it like they make a note, they're like, She had no sway over him, and it's like, yeah, she's too old. Because like, oh, no. oh, oh, oh. Damon in the book oh. is a fucking pervert. But wait, is she allegedly using a glamour or uh, hard to say she has visions. They said that she was I thought they said that she was she might even be older than she looks, which is like pushing forty, right? I think some Melisandre magic. Yeah, hey, Melisandre was young at one point. Spoilers. She could be around. So, so I saw this theory floating around on TikTok. I don't know if you guys discussed it because I haven't had time to listen to last week's Dragon Cast. But did anybody discuss um, Aemon fathering um, Helena's kids by chance? I don't I, believe it. Mm-mm. We discussed it in the Discord. I don't. Okay. I think he's too much of a fucking dweeb. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I personally, <laughs> my concern is that Helena is too earnest a person to keep something like that a secret, especially when she's already like have or she's already like trying or she's already at her limit. It seems like trying to manage her visions. Mm-hmm. I-, I have a lot of sympathy for and theoretical support of this like kind of sweet fan fiction that a lot of people are writing about Aemond and Helena having this transcendent, meaningful, you know, protective or and or romantic relationship. I don't think it's in the text at all. So like <laughs> I, yeah, I don't see it. It supposedly comes out of yeah, the fact that 
like if you crank up the audio really high during that dinner scene with the family, like Aemond is chastising his brother. He's like, you need to apologize to our sister. And, a- and Aegon's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And Aemond's like, no, that's not good enough. So everyone's like, no, Aemond is, <laughs> Aemond is super <laughs> supportive <laughs> of Helena. Is it Driftmark where at the funeral where he's talking about, you know, she's going to be your queen or whatever. And he's like, Oh, and he's like, well, I would do it. You know, like, yeah, I don't know if saying I'd marry her is, uh, (laughs) I think that's like the seed, you know, of the theory in his, like as the devil's advocate, I think like for that specific conversation, he's saying that to Aegon as in like the mastermind of his bullying. Like, of who gets the other boys to, to join in on the bullying, right? So he's, I think it's more like he's trying not to sound too interested because, one, it's not going to happen, and he doesn't want to, like, admit to, like, wanting to bang his sister in front of Aegon. Stephanie, do you buy into this theory? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't believe it on Helena's end. I don't. Yeah. But, I don't like, you know, I, I think, yeah. I, you know, like, I think if he... Did have a crush on his sister. His tastes are evolving elsewhere. Oops. <laughs> Although Helena is technically a mother now. Oh God. It. I think he's just dutiful. Like that's his whole shtick is that he's mommy's boy and he is constantly going on about how he would do the right thing. And as soon as someone would just give me the responsibility, I'd do it. I'd do everything cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're so to me. Like I. I think. Eamon talks a big game about how you're supposed to treat people in the family, but he's just an asshole. Gen- so there's, so there's two he, things. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, I, I, he just like strikes me like a nice guy, essentially. Like the titular, like, well, I treat people right, you know, when I need to. But in reality, he's not actually a good person. And yeah, I compared him. Or uh, yeah, like in the Discord, I said he was like kind of around the incel territory, if not entirely one. Uh, yeah, just the 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 like, oh, Kristen. I studied the blade, you know, like shit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I said, <laughs> he just strikes me as a dweeb, like one of the yeah. biggest dweebs we've gotten so far. But a dweeb. So, so the two things that popped up for me, um, or at least on my feet, I don't think I like totally like buy into this. But there's two things. One is when the when the Aemon goes with um, Christian Cold to find out where Aegon is, the uh, head sex worker. I don't know who the name was. Um, was like, "Hey, Aemon, I've missed you. Where have you been?" Um, so there's that. And then the other thing was when Aemon, when Alicent comes in to see Helena. And says, where is their father? The kids, if you crank up the volume, say, it sounds like they're saying Amond, apparently. <laughs> what? <laughs> so. Kids don't you know, know how to pronounce any if, of these like, names. You take that kind of secret with you to the grave. You know, like, <laughs> if, like, you don't tell the children <laughs> that they're there. You know, like, even Rhaenyra, who's pretty blatant about, you know, her sleeping around she doesn't even tell her kids that harwin's the father you know jace figures that out on his own i think that it's more that aemond is probably 
like being a good uncle and like hanging out with the kids and Aegon's not because he's more interested in other things. So I would buy that. I mean, yeah, he I strikes me as someone, he strikes me as someone who's had sex once and never again. Because yeah. he and, and to, in his own words, he's a man of virtue who knows nothing of depravity. Well, I think that was the whole point of the the brothel scene. Where he he talks about how Aegon had brought him down there, and then the uh, like the madam or whatever was like, "Hey, Evan, you know, it's been a while." Like, I think the point was like, he's like, "Yeah, I don't come back." <laughs> it's I'm not, not, his I'm not into this. <laughs> so, fucking dork. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy those pleasures, you know. I, meanwhile, you got Aegon over here. You know, it's like not more like dick on Targaryen. Am I right, guys? Am I right? Child, oh no, <laughs> fighting ring. He showed oh. us his sapphire this episode, though. Oh, we did get to see the eye. Yeah. yeah. I like the eye. That was good. Creepy. That was good. What was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. We have a good assemblage here. Okay, people who are in the lore. Who is worse? Viserys or Aegon the Unworthy? Ooh. Like, Aegon the Unworthy. The easily. Easily. Easily Aegon the Unworthy. Nah. Yeah. Nah. I think I posted this the other day. It was like, can you imagine Aegon the Unworthy with dragons? Like, Viserys, like, this probably, this probably helped. This is probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like Viserys was actively trying to fuck around with her. Aegon, no, no. Aegon, Aegon was definitely trying to fuck around. I mean, yeah, it yeah. has to be said for neglect being worse than uh, yeah. whatever, but like, than abuse. But, like, then again, talk to all the people that you know, <laughs> on the unworthy, like tortured and had executed, yeah. and she also promoted. And then, like and, a... then, and then also plunging the country into civil war. Like in addition, he wasn't just the bad king during his life. Like just like, also, like for shits and giggles too. And if we're being fair to also like it, the implications of the wars that came after, he's the one that sets them on the Blackfire path, which is like what, like six wars technically, whereas like. Viserys is only one. He's, he's, but this he's, is the I think, this I think we mentioned, the death of the dragons. Which sucks. But I think we mentioned that the Civil War was probably inevitable anyway, as many dragons sure. as they had. They either needed to you know, separate the kingdom, ex- expand their power, kind of give, give you know, these dragon lords something else to do, or this was just going to happen. Yeah. I mean, to continue the nuclear weapon analogy, what's not explicitly forbidden forbidden is at some point over time compulsory. So, yeah, I guess unless they decided, hey, we're going to go try and conquer, you know, Essos or something. Um, But you know, like history's already seen that happen, and they they really had no interest in that. So it's easier probably just to fight with each other for that. Actually, actually, you can make the argument that Cyrus is one. Say that again, Bing. Yeah, you cut out. Yeah, uh, you can make the argument that Viserys is one of the better Targaryen kings. Yeah, especially with the betrayal from all, the show. All the really, yeah, well, I mean, even ignoring that, you consider how some of the really bad ones got. That's true. The, the, the Bay Lords, the 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 um, the Anus, the Eris. No, Anus was like Magor. Yeah. I mean, during his lifetime, Viserys actively tried to be a good king. Like he failed in certain decisions, but like the inbreeding genes just got him physically not. But not isn't so the much primary mentally. duty of the monarch to secure the succession? Sure, he, and he failed on that. Bro, he is, secured it. But the like, other one swore. 
but like you could, you could you could just as easily put that on someone like Baylor, on someone like Daron, on someone like uh uh Aegon the Fourth, uh someone like uh Viserys the Second, on someone Viserys like you can put it on Aegon the First. Oh yeah, uh, kind of, kind of. I mean, well, he I, could have I, at least given clarification on how the succession is, how his opinion on the succession should be after Aenys, for yeah. proximity or for primogeniture. We didn't have like a public proclamation of it, I guess, after, but, you know, everything, the root of Viserys' problems is Otto Hightower, and I, you know, I don't think that, you know... Aegon the Unlikely, or I'm sorry, Aegon the Unworthy kind of did everything to himself, whereas Viserys, it's more like if the Hightowers weren't like as problematic as they were, it probably would have been fine. Or if, if we know, look at his other... The oldest dragon that was about to die, you know? And if we look at his other choices of, of like men to fill out his small council, generally, he, he picks well. I mean, he... He's the one that has like Thailand in his council. He's the one that has Corlys in his council. And then the. Otto Hightower. Yeah, Otto is the big one, but he inherits Otto. And Otto doesn't do (laughs) enough to start to get him dismissed. And he eventually does get dismissed, to be fair to him. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, when when he has that strong hand, things go well. Ultimately, like monarchy as a system is always going to be a problem. And like, mm-hmm. even dismissing... The no, 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 no. When I'm the... king, it'll be great, Bing. Yeah, We've sure, reached sure. that part of the podcast. Yeah, All right. we need to do is institute space monarchism, guys. Look, democracy, am I right, guys? Winter is coming out. Space Force. Democracy? Oh, no. Democracy? <laughs> space <Democracy>. dragons. <laughs> yes, Bing, democracy bad. Democracy? No? Power to the people? Yeah, no. well, true democracy is chaos. All systems suck. People suck. Well, um, according to Masaria, they only have the power that the people will give them. So I guess we're getting the French Revolution. And yeah, you know, say it again in the accent now. I mean, yeah, the the, the uh, I think actually that would be wildly offensive if I attempted to do <laughs> some that. sort of. Hate crime. <laughs> I think she's doing like a French Cajun accent. She's not doing like a. Accent, uh, do you guarantee you with? And I, I can, I can heavily guess at it, but yeah, fair. Yeah, what if you just like made a whole new accent, like they created a whole new accent? I I just want to be clear, like, if this was her actual accent, that's fine, it's not, and it is bad because it's not. She's British, (laughs) that was not a British accent. No, I, I understand British, that there are more British. British accents than just the posh British accent. No, I know but that no. didn't sound British I'm, to me. No, I'm saying no, she's, she's not. The actress not. is British. Yeah, but she's not doing a British accent of no, any no, variety. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe it's one of those weird Isle of Man things. Who knows? One yeah. of these over there. <laughs> we'll probably never know. All right. Uh, any more thoughts about this episode? <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I, I thought it was it was a good finale, and like we said, I think it's one of the better season finales the show has had. Um, I, I was, was a little sad they didn't work in some way to 
say that uh, Rhaenyra named the baby Visenya. But um, yeah, I would have liked that, and you know, yeah. maybe a little more horror on the dragon baby. There could be time. I mean, you've got next season. They're at Dragonstone. They could have like you know, visiting the grave or something. Or, I don't know. They really want them to up. bury up a dead baby? No, I mean, I don't want them. I don't. I'm just saying, like, it's possible they could bring it up again. I don't know. I I think there's just no time in this episode to do that. That's for sure. Especially after she ripped it out the way she did. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that's still like. Yep, I just remember that. <laughs> and on that note, I'm gonna say that the uh, this <laughs> at this show in general um, is just awesome, and I'm like, this is more than I ever could have hoped for coming from Game of Thrones. Like, I'm so excited for season two and they're probably just going to break my heart but like I'm so excited for season <laughs> two. break your hat. <laughs> like those Yankees, huh? I'm not oh, no. done processing this yet. <laughs> <laughs> they just lost. Okay, actually I think I do have something about this episode. So Actually, I think I do have something a quibble about this episode. So, does anyone else think it's well? Like, this is what it is in the book, but like, you know, it's like, does anyone else find it a little odd that Rhaenyra is a little under garrisoned at Dragonstone? Because as a comparison, Stannis in the main series, you know, the entire first book, he's building up his forces on Dragonstone. Well, and she but. specifically brought Damon in, and in the next episode, it seems like they fortified, you know, the the castle itself. But the yeah. numbers haven't been increased very much. I guess she just hasn't had access to that. Like she's still beholden to the crown to give her troops. So to be fair to Stannis, at that time, he's master of ships. He's been okay. sucking up all the sailors and uh, ships that he can. That, right, that, and he's been impressing um, people. Anyone, any like non-military ship that comes to the island, right? And he's been yeah. pulling in lords like into this. He's been pulling other people into this. Yeah. Like, so when he yeah. sets sails and he's got like what five thousand men or so, I, um, I do feel like Dragonstone it should have more men than this. Um, there's not a, a lot there as far as like an economy or whatever to sustain. Another point I would say people. Is, is that this is before the sacking of of Spice Town and like. High Tide is still pretty, pretty heftily um, in, port. The, in, the, in the better as the port. It's probable that after that, they are less desirable to live in. And, and uh, Dragonstone might be the more desirable place to go if you're, you know, able to get away from Driftmark. Yeah, I guess if, you know, like, back to appearances, it's just, like, if, like, I don't think they're this, or I think they're, if anything, it's just a matter of arrogance on Rear's part, but, like, it's just, it's a little, like, you, you know, you can say maybe from, for the sake of appearances, you don't, or you want, you would want to come off as, like, being so, like, unprepared, because that would demonstrate how betrayed you felt. Or something, or how uh, you know how dastardly they are to uh, 
you know, do this unprovoked when, you know, she's barely, or, you know, like where her side isn't built up at all for this kind of full scale conflict that it would entail. Yeah. And there's no time for that though. Cause like the, the dinner was like the night before. Before yeah, that, but also like, like, she's at, in prep mode with Damon for years. Yeah, but at the end so, of 106, at the end of 106, though, when they're leaving court to go to Dragonstone, you know, she says, in the middle of the yard of the, ca- of the Red Keep, you know, we will need every sword we could muster. Yeah. Yep. And then I guess, I guess Rhaenyra just forgot about the troops. So. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right. Um, I have one more thing to say. Sorry. Um, if you are experiencing House of the Dragon withdrawal, maybe turn your attention to a different show with dragon in the title, which is called The Dragon Prince, which you can watch on Netflix, which is coming out on November 3rd, season 4. Woo-woo. The end. Woo! Mihal wrote on it. <laughs> we'll have an official interview with writer Mihal. I'm I'm uh, crossing yeah. the streams horrifically here, but I can't help myself. <laughs> no, no, it's great. It's great. Shameless self promotion. We, we oh, love it. Right. Be love proud it. of yeah. your work. And we're, uh, legitimately, we're looking forward to the season anyway. So, right. One one of the things I I will say about this season and having this show on and Game of Thrones, quote unquote, back is I'm glad how much energy it's put back into the community, both the larger. Song of Ice and Fire community, and particularly Vassals of Kingsgrave community. It's been great to be back, and like really back. I mean, not that we ever went away. We've we've always been around, but like it's brought an energy back, and everyone's excited again, and I hope that that can continue, even if we have to wait a long time for the next season. <laughs> yeah, it's great, and hopefully, you know, someday we'll get another book, and uh, people can always join us on the Discord oh, yeah. and hang out. And, uh, uh, and kind of, be good. And as, as a contrast to this, I still find it absolutely insane that Amazon released Rings of Power and aired completely in between this season. Between right. the premiere and the finale, that whole show has come and gone. Um, yeah. And it sucked. And it was not... Well, yeah, it was overall not great. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking releasing it like this, but hey, you know. Competition. <laughs> it's the capitalist yeah. way. Yeah, no, I mean, I know a lot of people that absolutely were like, oh, man, it's so great to have Lord of the Rings back. And a lot of people love that show. Honestly, uh, I am it, I am done having, well, now I'm going to have no fun Sundays because the Yankees are done too. But I'm tired of having Sundays with fucking House of the Dragon, the 8 o'clock football game, and the playoffs for baseball which are terrible now and suck and ugh. oh my gosh all three of my teams were playing for like it's like never happens and ugh. both of my teams got killed today and mm. i don't even know why anyone watched the world series anymore because fuck it um <laughs> no i get the i get the uh, join greg in the um unhappy sad boat of loss i guess leave, ho- leave baseball watch hockey Hockey makes you feel much. Yeah, hockey's just starting. There's still hope. I don't want to be an Islanders fan. Still hope. You don't have to be an Islanders fan. (laughs) There are plenty of other teams. You You could be a Carolina Hurricane. Yeah, but then if I wear like a shirt that's like a, if I wear like a Flyers shirt, I guess if I go with Philly, like then people are gonna be like, oh, the Flyers, and then I have to talk about it, and I don't know. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Never go with Philly. But 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 Eagles. The Flyers actively suck. They're not the Eagles. Flyers actively suck. Yeah, but I like teams that suck. 
<laughs> they, they suck in a way that's really, really bad. They just, the Yankees they are the traded, only uh, team that's really good that I, that I have. Every other team that I have sucks. My team the gave me hardcore whiplash this week. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. Team Green, right, Bing? <laughs> I don't know again. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, I will apologize. It's just a fun. It's just a fun gag. I know. Yeah, I know. I I lean into it. Absolutely. I lean into it. Absolutely. And next season, I'll lean into it even more when you see how horrible Team Black is. I will be. Right. I will be right. really. I'll be really pissed if we don't get the Golden Dragons. I mean, even if it's just like Aegon's personal standard, Ooh. that's fine. But like the Green Dragon thing is kind of shitty to me. But whatever. You know. I hope it's golden, yeah. Like yeah. It's a lot cooler. I mean, so far we haven't really seen Sunfire looking looking all that lit, so <laughs> you know. Um anyway, so we'll see you next week for episode eleven. Uh, yeah. hope it's gonna be great. <laughs> that was a great sound. That was a hilarious sound. <laughs> yeah, uh we Oops, will- Good we job. are going to convene our various casts, uh, the dragons and the krakens and the wolves and blackfires, and everybody is going to uh, you know go away for a little while um, <clears> until <throat> there's another season or a book or something that facilitates it. So yeah, we will we will definitely reconvene in a in a year or two years or whatever. But yeah, we have a ton of other stuff coming. Um, lots lots of podcasts coming out. We have to catch up on. Star Wars and Marvel and books and yeah, there's lots of stuff. So it'd be great. Uh, be good times. So yeah, one last time, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining me, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Rhaenyra was a pretty princess And she was the realm's delight And her dad did declare that she was his heir And the Iron Throne was her birthright But Queen Emma died in childbirth The king soon took another wife Now Alicent wants her son on the throne And it's left the realm in strife Oh, it's all kicking off between the backs and the greens Cause Emma Aaron didn't have a son Now the swords will flash and the togs will clash To the echo of a dragon song Now Rhaenyra married Leonor But he preferred the brown and not the pink She had three strong sons, not a silver hair on one So Harlan Strong's the sire, everybody thinks now Alison gave the king more children And Aegon was the eldest son Soon the princess and the queen became the blacks against the greens And the dance of the dragon soon begun Oh, it's all kicking off between the blacks and the greens Cause Emma Aaron didn't have a son Now the swords will flash and the togs will clash To the echo of a dragon song now the king, he has a brother, the dragon rider Prince Daemon. The first wife he stoned and the second one was burned, but he wasn't left alone very long. For he is a true Targaryen, 
They like to keep it in the family. When not riding Xerxes, and he's riding on his niece, a rogue prince forever he shall be. Oh, it's all kicking off between the bracks and the greens, cause Emmeraren didn't have a son. Now the swords will flash and the togs will clash to the echo of a dragon song. Oh, it's all kicking off between the blacks and the greens, cause Emmeraren didn't have a son. Now the swords will flash and the togs will clash to the echo of a dragon song. That's how how that goes. Um, yeah. It was okay. A good I need run. to I need to settle. Greg wants me to settle something. Oh. Um. So um, the scene with Matt with Matt Smith Damon in uh, the dragon lair. Um. What dragon is that? Vermithor. Was it? Vermithor. it was it cannibal? Nah. Okay, Greg thinks it's Vermithor. Is he right or is he wrong? It's Vermithor. Probably right. Yeah. Several people I, are agreeing with him. I had no, no idea. I mean, it looked bronze. Yes, yeah, you're, right. you're right. Oh, I think I'm right. That's good to know. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it big. It's it's cannibal just sort of tell. flies around. Oh my god. <laughs> We need to throw Greg in as a bumper. <laughs> we need to throw Greg in as the bumper. We can't hear me, can we? Yeah, you can. Yeah, we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could be we could hear you better with a microphone, Greg. Yeah. Well, Connor, in the old days we could hear you through your own mic. Now yeah. we hear you. Remember in the old days where we could hear you in your own mic, Michal? What a concept. Here, I'll actually I'll <laughs> recall that I, and, and mention that I called him book owner, because it's time we brought that back. Could we get him? Can we get a live interview with Greg? You want a live interview? You Casey's like the Baratheon maester. She has to like translate everything. <laughs> right? He can't read. Is that in the book? We're hearing from uh -oh. our studio affiliate, uh, Casey, that you're not joining us today. Uh oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> so it's so washed out. This so is compelling podcasting. Him. Yeah, it's right. so hard to hear him. Yeah. I feel like we should have like a live commentary like, right. right now yeah. from Casey. There we go. Yeah, that's why I said to our studio affiliate. Yeah, as, as we know, uh, podcasting works best when only one person has the microphone. Or the headphones. She's live on the scene with Greg right now. Alleged allegedly. Making him do dishes. That must be why Damon decided to start choking people out this episode. Right? Like those Yankees, huh? The Yankees. I'm not done processing this yet. <laughs> they just lost. <laughs> I really wanted the Yankees to win because because oh, I, I wanted the Padres to face the Yankees. It would have been fitting, but no, no. Um, all right, so let's 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 say good night, and then we can we can have you, more Yankee chat. Are you all sportsing in my nerd time? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have we have one other uh, order of business here before we go. Oh yes. Casey, you finally turned 20, right? 
no longer a teenager. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it was many long years of nineteen. <laughs> but I at wish. the request of the book owner, <sighs> I, I believe I believe a uh, a song is in order. Excuse the yawns, but yeah. Well, Greg's asleep, so we need to wake uh, him up to sing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's going to join the us. audio. Could somebody please translate "Happy Birthday" into High Valyrian? <laughs> right. There's no time right. for that now, Michal. <laughs> Just sing. Oh yeah! Happy birthday, Happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! See what have you done? I stopped. Multi-track recording. I can just pull out all of your terrible songs. Good. You gotta leave. You gotta leave them in. No, I'm saying I can make it only you. I hope I'm chosen. No. Well, I'm like crying, so thank you. Love you, Casey. Love you, Casey. Love you, Casey. Also, that meme that you posted me, Hall, is ridiculous. I know. Ashay posted that on the um on the Facebook page for Street Western. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Uh, 